The point between rage and serenity is harmless phosphorescence! Everybody, this is Thoreau Smiley, and my gift is unlocked with anger. Who's joining me this week? <laughs> I'm Josh CC, and I'm way more mysterious than you. I'm Brian Lesh, and I wanted to be called Mystique. I'm an Alaric Weber. It's a very groovy mutation. That <laughs> <laughs> was my number two. <laughs> and this is Harmless Phosphorescence. It's the podcast where we watch every theatrically released full-length live-action superhero movie ever made. We gather some research into the production and the source material, then we tell you all about it. This show, it is brought to you by patrons. Patrons like executive producers Michael Beck with an Atticus Burkett. And you can be a patron too. Go to patreon.com slash harmless entertainment. Buck a month, that's all it takes to start hearing uh, some bonus stuff. We got different movie shows, we got music shows. So, you know, go do it because it's good. And we like it. Um, <laughs> so, please, thank you. Yes, yes, indeed. Uh, we do appreciate it. Um, this week on Harmless Phosphorescence, however, we are going to be watching X Men First Class. You have the chance to become part of something much bigger than yourself. What do you know about me? Everything. A new species is being born. Help me guide it. Shape it. Lead it. Time for the tour. You have no idea what I'd give to feel normal. You want society to accept you. You can't even accept yourself. Should we have to hide? Tomorrow, mankind will know that mutants exist. They'll fear us. And that fear will turn to hatred. Not if we stop a war. Not if we risk our lives doing so. We have it in us to be the better man. We already are. It shall be the policy of this nation to regard any nuclear missile launched from Cuba as an attack by the Soviet Union on the United States. They're just kids. No, they were kids. You ready for this? Let's find out. The cost of freedom is always high. No one can foresee precisely what course we will take. One path we shall never choose, and that is the path of surrender. Listen to me very carefully, my friend. Killing will not bring you peace. Peace was never an option. Um, X-Men First Class was released June 3rd, 2011. It had a running time of 132 minutes. It cost $160 million to make. 
And it took in 353 million buckaroos at the box Oof. office. Um, so yeah, it was a big hit. It was uh, mm-hmm. it was uh, their big comeback after <laughs> X Men Origins Wolverine <laughs> and X three and X three. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Both of those just. Ugh. Um, so uh, speaking of the box office, boys, you ready to play the box office top ten game? Oh yeah. Here it is. This is the game where I will describe every movie in the box office top 10 for the week of June 3rd, 2011. And the fellers here will try to guess what movie it is that I am describing uh, based only on the box office mojo description and also a little bit of uh, cutting out uh, proper nouns where necessary. Um, (laughs) I know that... uh, so this movie clearly was yeah. the number one. Like, there's no point right. in trying to guess where it opened. Um, so, um, started at number eleven. Yeah. <laughs> so we still get ten. All right, <laughs> if we, we, you want to. I love this game. All yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Starting at number eleven, then uh, the number eleven movie of the week. We already had this one. When a domesticated oh. macaw from a small from small town Minnesota meets the fiercely independent Jewel, he takes off on an adventure to Rio de Janeiro with the bird of his dreams. Uh, this was Rio. Rio. It was Rio. Her name is Rio, and she dances in the sun. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Solemnly, yes. Uh, as the wise <laughs> the, the wise young men from Duran Duran used to say um, coming in at number 10 this week in the box office top 10 <laughs> two very different families converge on Martha's Vineyard one weekend for a wedding oh yeah we had this too but I still can't uh, anybody She's remember having a baby <laughs> It's doing a thing to a thing. <laughs> Any guesses? Uh, pipping the ace. <laughs> Br- bringing your family to a wedding. <laughs> bringing in the sheath. <laughs> jumping uh, the broom. Oh, yeah. Duh, jumping the broom. <laughs> yes, of course. Of course. That old. Yes, that old chestnut. Uh, <laughs> uh, at number nine. Friendships are tested. Secrets come to the surface. When terminally single Rachel falls for Dex, her best friend Darcy's fiance. Wow. Terminally single. She saw an oncologist and they're like, if you don't get a boyfriend in like two months, <laughs> then it's you'll all be single over. forever. It looks like Another we got from last week that I can't remember. Yeah, we got Same. John Krasinski in here. Uh, I can't tell who else. Um, something borrowed. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Is that implying the boyfriend was borrowed? Yeah, the boy, the fiance. Yeah. <laughs> they were, they were engaged. <laughs> That's uh, exciting. Yeah. Um, Mystique was there. Something blue. <laughs> oh God. Okay, while on a trip to Paris with his fiancée's family, a nostalgic screenwriter finds himself mysteriously going back to the 1920s every day at midnight. 
Yeah. This is a Midnight in Paris, right? Yep. Yeah. Midnight in Paris. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, Well, less said about that, the better. Uh, Number seven. (laughs) Dominic Toretto and his crew of street racers plan a massive heist (laughs) to buy their freedom while in the sights of a powerful Brazilian drug lord and a dangerous federal agent. The most fast, the most furious. <laughs> yeah, number seventeen, right? Fast five. Yeah. Fast five. So Daniel. Helen Mirren and Charlize Theron are in the new one. So okay, I would oh, like. Yeah. To, so okay, the newest one, they go to space. I what, would, what? They go to space in the newest one. Do they oh. steal that Tesla? I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I would like to point out that the first movie. <laughs> <laughs> starts off with Vin Diesel stealing VCRs from the back of the truck. Hey, he traded the paperclip for a spaceship, bro. You gotta get them. Wow, <laughs> yeah, that is that is one hundred percent that that in the American form. dream. Yeah, yeah, started at the bottom. <laughs> Seventeen movies later, Woo. he's in space. Yep. Yeah, I hope when he goes to space, it's just a really big ramp, almost a Hot Wheels type he ramp, and he just drives. He drives to space. Oh, yeah, one of those big salt flats rocket car things. Okay, yeah. is Helen Mirren playing the queen? Because the queen drives. Oh, she does. And yes, you know, every crew needs the queen obviously to succeed have you seen those pictures of the queen where she's driving other heads of state and she has this manic grin on her face the land rover and you know she's going way too fast and the other like the other head of state is just holding on for dear life because most of them can't drive yes the best is when she's in like hunting gear oh and she's driving around yeah yeah and she's out at you know the castle Oh my God, the Queen! All right, so coming in, <laughs> just the concept of the Queen of yes, England is insane. That lady, Jingle. that ooh. If you like it, then you better put a ring on it. Um, <laughs> um, you better sack some country's uh, crown jewels and right. make a ring out of it. I would yeah. love to see her like just getting down to single ladies. <laughs> um, You'd love to see that, huh? I, I, wouldn't you? Okay, yeah, let's just set it out loud. Uh, coming in at number six this week. <sighs> a powerful but arrogant man is cast out of his home to live amongst lesser beings, where he soon becomes their defender. Thor. <laughs> yes! <laughs> I cut out a lot of words from that one. Is he a man, though? Well, <laughs> he's a Thor. Are there are there men in other dimensions? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, coming in at number five competition between the maid of honor and a bridesmaid over who is the bride's best friend threatens to upend the life of an out of work pastry chef what so this week you could see a superhero movie or multiple fiance wedding movies well this one is actually kind of uh, this one I would highly recommend anybody watch um it's it's uh, stars a number of SNL alums. Oh, uh, bridesmaids! Bridesmaids, damn good oh, movie! Yeah, damn good movie! Yeah, um, definitely. Uh, coming in at number four, <laughs> Jack 
and Barbosa embark on a quest to find the Fountain of Youth, only to discover that Blackbeard and his daughter are after it too. <laughs> she, she's she, also Blackbeard, but she, it's not as obvious. Yeah, she's Black Bottom Beard. <laughs> Like a glass bottom boot. Yeah. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Yes, which uh, one though? Was it, was it Tokyo Dead Chest? No. That was the second one. This would be the third one. Actually, um, I think this may be the fourth one. What? Yes. I, there's Legend five. Of the Crystal Skull. There's five total now. Oh my god! I had no idea. Yeah. Uh, on Stranger Tides. Okay. Whoa. Oh, that's right. They uh, they did like prequels, didn't they? I only saw the first two and half of the third yeah. one. Okay. I went on the ride. That has Should, Johnny Depp. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. That that's right. They put him in there, didn't they? Yep. Oh, yeah, wow. they sure did. Woo. Okay. Um, all right. It's weird. Yeah, it really is. Uh, coming in at number three this week, Poe and his friends fight to stop a peacock from conquering China. Oh, this is uh, one of the Star Wars movies, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kung Fu Panda. Which one? Th- three? Two. 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 Boo you. Two. Uh, yeah. Kung, Kung Fu, Fu pa- Panda 2? Yes. What? Yeah. Kung Fu Panda 2, Electric Pandaloo. <laughs> um, all right. Coming in at number two. Uh, two years after a bachelor party, <laughs> Phil, Stu, Alan, and Doug go to Thailand for Stu's wedding. Oh, two. Hangover two. Hangover two. This, this movie was terrible. It really was. Like, just awful. Controversial uh, opinion. The first one wasn't great either, but that's yeah, just me. <laughs> I liked the, uh, yeah. the first one I enjoyed. Um I don't think it yeah, ages great. Right, like, right. like it, it wasn't. It's, it wasn't as funny on subsequent viewings. <laughs> yeah, it's sure. just frenetic chaos the first time. Like a tiger in a fucking suite. That's crazy. Yeah, right. getting punched by Mike Tyson. That's crazy. The rest of that movie, what the fuck is happening? Well, it's movie? almost like Bachelor Party from when yeah. we were younger. Yeah, like it, it was a, an amusing and funny movie. But how many times do you need to see Bachelor Party? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Oh God, Bachelor Party. How many? I haven't seen Bachelor Party in years. See. The answer but is you five, know. Josh. <laughs> <laughs> but you know there's a donkey that does cocaine in it. That's donkey. right. Uh yeah, let's let's our younger viewers might be interested to know that Tom Hanks starred in a movie with a donkey doing cocaine. So keep that yeah. in mind. Just one. He's been in multiple films, just they're hard to find. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's what Captain Remember what America's dad was doing in the 80s. He was fucking oh, mermaids yeah. and doing coke with donkeys. And cross-dressing with Peter Scalari. That's right. Well, and I drinking beer with a dog. Oh, that's true. yeah. Uh, Fighting volcanoes. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that movie. Man, that movie is the best. Um, except for The Burbs. The Burbs is actually the best. Oh, yes. Beautiful. I loved that movie. Um, and, of course, number one, uh, in the 1960s, <laughs> super-powered humans, Charles Xavier and El- Eric Lenscher, glad they got Lenscher. his last name in there, work together to find others like them. But Eric's vengeful pursuit of an ambitious mutant who ruined his life causes a schism to divide them. Uh, X-Men first class. 
<laughs> so Jehovah's Witnesses, yeah. based on the description. Uh, that is our box office top ten for the week. Um, woo. Um, and that, of course, will bring us to the comics background. Um, ow. This is your... Time to shine. Yes, indeed. Uh, this is my superpower. Yes. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's really... Um, Ow. your superpower. We believe in you. It's, remember, anger and serenity. You got this. Um, serenity now. Okay, so this was a big one. Uh, we had nine new characters from the comics. Holy cow. Um, and uh, start off as a point of reference, let us recall that the X-Men was first published in 1963. Huh. Um, we have already uh, discussed uh, Charles Xavier and... Eric Lencher slash Magneto, of course. Um, we've seen Dr. Moira McTaggart in another movie. It was X3. Um, she was on a she was on a video that they were watching about the, the catatonic kid and whatnot. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, Leech, yeah. And uh not Leech, um, but um uh the the kid that uh, that Charles jumps his mind into at the very end oh he says moira Um, oh that's right that's right yeah Yeah. jersey okay but so she didn't have a big role she had a much bigger role in this uh a little a little different kind of character in this movie um anyway from the comics dr moira mctaggart was created by chris claremont and dave cockram First appeared in Uncanny X-Men number 96, December of 1975. <laughs> Groovy. She is a geneticist and expert on mutant affairs. <laughs> one of, <laughs> like she's a gossip columnist. Uh, one of the world's leading authorities on genetic mutation. Uh, this earned her a Nobel Prize for her work. <laughs> well deserved, I thought. She is a uh, a long-running associate of the X-Men. Moira was Professor Xavier's colleague, confident, confidant, and at one time his fiance, having met Charles while they were both postgrads at Oxford University. Hmm. Moira was a <laughs> the broom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when when Charles and uh, Eric both ended up in uh, Martha's Vineyard for their weddings. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Moira, she was a silent partner in the founding of Xavier's School for the Gifted Youngsters and a co-creator of Cerebro. Moira eventually created the Mutant Research Center on Weir Island off the coast of Scotland. She is the mother of Kevin McTaggart, a mutant later known as Proteus, also known as Mutant X. Mm. Uh, this Ooh, was interesting. What? Oh, I'm sorry. Do you know who fathered him? Uh, John McTaggart was uh, oh, the right. That's really Mr. McTaggart, <laughs> father of Kevin. I, um, I just want to. <laughs> I just want to say McTaggart constantly makes me think that the chief is just sick of her, yeah. her getting him in trouble with the commissioner. Damn it, McTaggart! Get it in line, McTaggart, or I'm going to have your badge. 
because he gets results, you stupid chief. So, as recently as 2019, it was revealed that Moira is herself a mutant with the ability to reincarnate herself upon death, reverting to the moment of her conception and possessing all memories of her former lives. Jeez, to date, to date, Moira has lived her life 10 times. Oh, my That's dear Lord. That's got to be a tough uh, power to come across. How does, she, how does Charles not notice that in the comics? Um, it's one of her abilities that her abilities are hidden from being sensed by uh, Charles Xavier in particular. <laughs> you know, that's, with all your memories, like the first like four or five years have got to be a real drag, like until like. Yeah. But again, you have to be killed in order to know you have that power. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Crazy. Crazy Mac Taggart. All right, moving on to Emma Frost. Uh, she first appeared in the Uncanny X-Men number 129, January of 1980, created by Chris Claremont and John Byrne. There's a lot of their X-Men in this movie, Byrne and Claremont. Yeah. Who are the guys who did the giant size X-Men that relaunched right. the new X-Men? Yeah. yeah. Um, also known as the White Queen, Emma Frost is a high-level telepath allowing her to read minds, implant mental suggestions, and wipe memories. You, you know who else is known as the White Queen? <laughs> queen Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't no queen wider. Like, and, get uh, out of my dreams, get into my car. Andrea would like to point out that Queen Elizabeth is single now. All yeah. you single ladies. <laughs> um, do, 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 do. Uh, Emma Frost, uh, she is capable of shifting into an organic diamond form, enhancing her strength and durability, but diminishing her psychic powers. Mm, she went to Jared. <laughs> In comics, the character has evolved from a supervillain and X-Men foe to becoming a superhero and X-Men member and leader. Emma Frost is one of the six Emma Elementals, including Emma Flame, Emma Breeze, Emma Wood, Emma Lake, and Emma Stone. <laughs> <laughs> what, wait, 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 wait. What about Kenneth Branagh's Emma from 1996? <laughs> what about Emma Enchanted? Yeah. What about all of them? Uh, Azazel. First appeared in Uncanny X-Men number 428, October 2003, uh, created by Chuck Austin and Sean Phillips. We've mentioned Azazel before as the father of Nightcrawler by Mystique. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. uh, so neat they ran into each other. It's like no one would date the other. <laughs> Um, Azazel claims to have been a leader of the Neophem, a horde of demonic humanoid mutants from biblical times. <laughs> Having been banished to an alternate dimension by angelic mutants, Azazel is able to breach the dimensional yeah. void for brief periods due to his teleportation powers. In order to stay on Earth for extended periods of time, Azazel must impregnate women his children providing a longer lasting dimensional link. Um, you know, the, <laughs> Whoa. I, I also um, <laughs> have yeah. that problem. That's got to be the worst pickup setup. Line ever. I, baby, I have to. Or I'll die. 
<laughs> or I'll die. It could be very painful for a man. <laughs> um, Azazel has been described as the most powerful teleporter in the world. Unlike his son, Nightcrawler, he does not <laughs> suffer from the limits of needing line of sight or pre-knowledge of the location to which he is teleporting. There you That's go. what you missed. So, good. Uh, Azazel has demonstrated a number of other superhuman abilities, including shape-shifting, telepathy, hypnosis, and immortality. And good at Sudoku. He is a master swordsman and a master of the dark arts, having received his <laughs> master's degree From at Lord dark Voldemort. <laughs> where did it? Where did he? Oh. Uh, he got his master's degree at Dark Harvard. <laughs> dark <laughs> Harvard. <laughs> and I love that he was named most powerful teleporter. Just By like People a magazine ceremony. <laughs> yeah. People <laughs> teleporter of the year. Yeah. <laughs> Most beautiful teleporter of the year. Sexiest. World's sexiest teleporter. There you go. <laughs> there you go. He's all I didn't win that one. All right. We're moving on to Alexander Summers, also known as Havoc. Mm-hmm. Uh debuted in Uncanny X-Men number 54, way back in March of 1969. Created by Arnold Drake and Don Heck. Hmm. Havoc is the younger brother of Cyclops and the what? older brother of the supervillain Vulcan. Hmm. Um, Havoc has the ability to absorb cosmic energy and generate powerful plasma blasts, although his he experiences difficulty controlling said blasts. Despite hmm. his lack of control, Alex's potential power actually exceeds that of his brother Scott. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's like a cosmic level power, right? He's one of the more dangerous. Yeah. Mutants. Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. uh, Havoc has had team affiliations with the X-Men, the 90s era Pentagon sponsored X-Factor, and the space pirate team Star Jammers. Oh, far up. Yeah. <laughs> also the Knights of Columbus. Yeah. <laughs> I loved what... That one game where the Star Jammers beat the Utah Jazz to advance into <laughs> Yeah. NES hockey. <laughs> uh, our next one I thought was made up for this movie, but it was not. Um, Darwin, also known as Armando Munoz, or Munoz. the other way around, um, first appeared in X-Men Deadly Genesis number two, February of 2006. Oh, fresh. Very fresh. Created by Ed Brubaker and Pete Woods. Ed Brubaker, cool. Darwin has the power of reactive evolution in that his body automatically adapts to any situation or environment he finds himself in, allowing him to survive possibly anything. Yeah, it's a cool power. Some of his evolved abilities have included night vision, functional gills, fireproof skin, teleportation, increasing his intelligence, converting his body into pure energy, no longer requiring oxygen in the vacuum of space, and morphing into a sponge. And new <laughs> pants. <laughs> the Wait, the sponge is real? Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> um, it was to... Uh, the, someone designed a weapon that could destroy a subject's nervous system. And ah. I guess the uh, sponge has no central nervous system. There you it's go. True. 
Hmm. All right. Uh, Sebastian Shaw, another one that I uh, thought was made up for this movie. Oh, oh no. Yeah, I remember um, him from way back. Yeah, I did not remember. <laughs> you him. went to college he together, Josh? Dark Harvard. <laughs> <laughs> um, he was also created by Chris Claremont and John Byrne. Uh, he's our big bad in this movie. He first appeared in Uncanny X-Men number 129, January of 1980. Was that the same one as someone else? As Emma Frost. Okay. Yeah. He and it's Emma Frost. They introduced the Hellfire Club, which was not a location yeah. like in this movie. Right. Yeah. Um, he possesses the ability to absorb various forms of energy and transform it into his own raw strength. As Josh mentioned, Shaw was the leader of the New York branch of the Hellfire Club, a secret society of mutants bent on world domination. You know, I have the ability to um, to take in uh, various forms of energy and transform it into a bit of a paunch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, Sebastian Shaw was a funder of the Mutant Hunting Sentinel program. Ooh. Uh, Sean Cassidy, Banshee, first appeared in X-Men number 28, January of 67. I loved his work with the Partridges. <laughs> I loved his work with Susie Sue. Yeah. <laughs> Sean Cassidy and the Banshees. <laughs> um, created by Roy Thomas and Werner Roth. Banshee is an Irish mutant possessing a sonic scream powered by his superhuman lungs, throat, and vocal cords and directed by limited psionic powers. His sonic powers allowed him to hover or fly at the speed of sound. Yep. The, the effects of a sonic scream ranged from causing nausea to outright disintegration of targets. Sleepiness. <laughs> Um, Banshee was able to use his sonic power as a type of sonar and to confuse scanning equipment. Cassidy is a gifted detective and unrelatedly would have an on and off relationship with Moira McTaggart. <laughs> once you go Irish, you... Well, it's like um... Stanley once said that they, they're in the business of um, writing soap operas with the characters that happen to have superpowers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Angel Salvadore first appeared in new X-Men number one eighteen, November so of 2001. Wow. So she was a real character. Yeah. And, the, and her name was angel. She was a real character, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought she was made for the, the movie. That was the one that I thought was made up. Um, to do, do first, uh, she was created by Grant Morrison and Ethan Von Van Skyver. Thought you were going to say Von Doom. <laughs> Ethan Von Doom. Yeah. Ethan Von Doom. <laughs> it's like Scott Evil. Yeah. Where did he go to college? Uh, at the age of 14, she is driven from her home by her abusive stepfather when her mutation first manifests. She wakes the next day in a cocoon and emerges with a pair of insect wings. Her insectoid physiology grants her acid spit, which she uses to consume food much like a fly. Gross. At the <laughs> yes. Xavier Institute, she becomes pregnant and lays insect-like eggs in Wolverine's old shack. Who? No, who uh. did that? Who did that, Al? 
I'm sorry. Did you say old shack? Old shack. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not sack. Who, he, who had he transported in- his old shack from Canada to <laughs> upstate New York. Who had he lived in a shack? I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> who had creepy insect sex with her? Uh, this was Angel, <laughs> yes. Angel Salvadori. Yeah. yeah. But uh, was, he, was there another bug person? No. Who had the creepy Some insect sex narrow-minded. with Angel? Oh, uh, it was uh, It was actually a... Um, his name was Beak. But um, he <laughs> was... Was he a bird had, man? He was. He had chicken-like qualities. <laughs> God damn it, X-Men! <laughs> A bug and a chicken. What the yeah. fuck? Those like are chicken. Chicken-like um, quality. <laughs> you know who else a- has those? Sweet D. <laughs> yeah, she does. Um, she would later be depowered and then get some other powers back with uh, technologically enhanced, and her code name would become Tempest. Oh, that's oh, okay. Hmm. Um, Janos Quested, also known as Riptide, uh, first appeared in Uncanny X-Men number 211, November of 1986, created by Chris Claremont, John Romita Jr., and Dan Green. Uh, he was a member of the mutant villain team known as the Marauders, and uh, Riptide, <laughs> quote, spins his body at greatly increased speeds creating a vacuum suction that draws in nearby objects and also acts as a high-powered sling for objects which he generates out of calcified substances. End quote. Woo. Huh. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't think he was a long-running character in the course of X-Men history. Yeah. Yeah. He... He did get that gig in Twister, though, which is pretty great for his career. Yeah, yeah. he's just yeah. running ahead of Paxton. <laughs> uh, and that is our uh, list of nine new characters from this film. Huzzah! All right. Ooh, Ooh, thank thanks, you, Al. Al. Um, that brings us to our production uh, and reviews here. Um, so, all right. The last X-Men movie we had prior to this was X-Men Origins Wolverine. Because of that movie being what it was, there was no more X-Men Origins movies. Um, Mm -hmm. This was supposed to be one. It was supposed to be X-Men Origins Magneto. That's what they were. That was that's what they were prepping. What they were getting ready um, when Wolverine did not well. uh, They decided to scrap that idea, um, and they resurrected one which had been kicking around since X three, which was a young X-Men. Um, it was originally going to be like the young X-Men in the present time, like the mm-hmm. Iceman and the uh, Kitty Pride, all of those guys. Um, but they decided um, after they scrapped X-Men Origins Wolverine to just combine X-Men's Origins Wolverine with uh, Magneto. The, or X-Men Origins Magneto. Yeah, thank you, Al. With uh, the uh, young X-Men. Mm-hmm. And here we go. Um. He's the one in these upcoming new movies that he's the one character whose backstory we see the most. We see a lot of Magneto, yeah. We've or sometimes not his backstory, sometimes his concurrent story, but like you know, as opposed to other characters. Yeah, no, we really know what Magneto was up to. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. So that's that's how this idea 
came about. Um, we've got, uh, let's see. So originally it was going to be uh, directed uh, by David S. Goyer, <laughs> as every superhero movie ever was going to be written and directed by David S. Goyer at some point. Yeah, he has to be involved. Yeah. Um, and then uh, uh, Brian Singer came back on board. Um, he uh, he left, though, in order to do, I can't remember, some other movie. Um, then uh, they brought on Matthew Vaughn to direct, who uh, we uh, recently spoke about on our Kick-Ass episode. Um. He, uh, we've got screenplays. So we've got a story by Sheldon Turner. Sheldon Turner was the screenwriter for the original uh, Magneto Origins movie. Oh, mm-hmm. um, that's why uh, Sheldon gets a a uh, story by rather than a full writing credit. Um, Ashley Edward Miller and Zach Stentz, the writing team, uh, did a pass on this. They also did Thor. We talked about them just last week. Um. Jane Goldman, uh, who is Matthew Vaughn's writing partner, who we spoke about on Kick-Ass. And Matthew Vaughn himself has a writing credit on this. Um, uh, Brian Singer gets a story by credit. Um, It was Matthew Vaughn's idea to make this kind of a, not a period piece, because it was always going to take place, you know, back in time, obviously. It's kind of an origins movie, but um, it was his idea to bring all of the kind of um, 60s style filmmaking uh, techniques in, which yeah, I think... It was a good choice. Oh, absolutely. A lot of the wipes and like the different like things. There was like a lot of James Bondy kind of uh, yeah. filmmaking stuff going on. Um, but then at the same time, um, yeah, James Bondy, Austin Powersy, but then... Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, but then also Jim Steranko, you guys yeah. know that artist who basically like revamped Nick Fury in the 60s with all the trippy psychedelic type imagery. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there was a lot of a. Uh, <laughs> it was sometimes even a little too 60s, considering it took place in 1962 and not 1967, as it sometimes felt. Yeah. Which I'll get to that. I uh, This is actually yeah. the first movie that I have a section called Anachronisms. <laughs> um, because there was a lot. And we've done a lot of movies that took place back in time, but this one was wearing its time period on its sleeve. So the anachronisms yeah. stuck out a lot more to me than on a lot of the movies that were just not great movies that took place in the past. Mm. Um, so, all right. Uh, this movie, our cast... And it's a big one. Um, we'll run down this as fast as we can. Um, all right. We've got James McAvoy as Charlie X. <laughs> Chucky. Chucky. Chucky Chuck X. X. <laughs> <laughs> I believe he was in, I believe he was in public, public Enemy. Wasn't he? No. Yeah. He uh, um, James McAvoy. This was kind of his big breakout, I believe. Um he oh, was in no. Shameless. He was in. Oh, he was. He played Mr. Tumnus in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. That was his big mm-hmm. breakout. Um, um, his big dramatic breakout was The Last King of Scotland. Yeah. I, yes. Yeah. yeah. That was. Good that was movie. it. This is the one that got him in like a. 
as mm-hmm. as like kind of a a top tier a lister though I think is this yeah, particular movie. So. Um, yeah. We'll see him numerous times again, of course, in all the upcoming X Men movies, and of course in Split and Glass. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Split. He's good. He was he was great casting. Yeah. He was. I mean, there there are other actors that could have, obviously, but uh, he, he's he was, a young Patrick Stewart in many ways. In many ways. Um, so interestingly enough, uh, he never once tries to like do Patrick Stewart, kind like like how no. Ewan McGregor did. Um, uh, Alec, Alec Guinness. Guinness, yeah. Um, right. And uh, but he does kind of resemble him a little bit, which is something I didn't really even notice until this time around. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, like Patrick Stewart in utero, because he's always looked like Patrick Stewart. <laughs> yes, Patrick, <laughs> Patrick Stewart was born sixty years old, but yeah, yeah. Hey, so uh, uh, IMDb has him listed as Lord Morpheus in the Sandman TV series. Uh, I think it's speculation. McAvoy? No, that is not, that is not accurate. That is not a thing. That's, they haven't announced. Did, okay. Yeah, no, 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 no. They have announced Lord Morpheus, but it is not McAvoy. It's um, I thought they didn't. They did. I thought that was because I know they announced like Dead. almost the entirety of the cast, but um, I didn't look at the others. Uh, no. Uh, previously they had announced. Um, I can't remember the person's name. Um, Tom Sturridge. Yeah, that might be it. I don't know. There was talk of an animated one for a long time. Yeah. Well, but no, it's it's in production. It's being made. But um, McAvoy okay. does the voice in the Audible uh, uh, audio dramas. Okay. Wait a minute. So this new Netflix one is going to be animated? No, it's live no, no, action. It's live action. Live okay. action. Um, That's what I it thought. does have a pretty interesting cast, though. Um, Patton Oswalt plays Matthew the Raven, which I love, and and Stephen okay. Fry plays Gilbert, which is perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Maybe I'm looking at a different one. I've got Cat uh, Dennings as Death. She's yeah. also the voice of death in uh, the Audible drama. That's okay. all the um, that's the Audible that's what stuff. That is. Yeah. I see. Death is Chidi's girlfriend from The Good Place. Yeah, I can't remember which is the awesome. Uh, Kirby, yeah. Kirby Howell Baptiste. Yeah, yeah she was incredible. actually in uh, Cruella, which we watched last night, which uh, was fun. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Uh, she was also in uh, what's that? Infinity Train. She was uh, one of the main characters. Oh, in one season of that too. she was. Was she the one that did in season three? That that the, was the the apex. Yeah, yeah. She's the leader oh. of the apex. Okay, wow. I did not recognize her, but all right. Um, she's great. She's also not an X Men <laughs> first class. So. <laughs> Um, <laughs> sorry to derail us. Uh, we've got Michael Fassbender as Magneto. Um, who uh, he he got to start in Band of Brothers. Um, that was, I mean, that wasn't his real start. He was he was in a bunch of BBC stuff, but he was also in Band of Brothers. Uh, he was in Three Hundred. Um, Jane Eyre. He plays David Aid in Prometheus and Alien yep. Covenant. Um, uh, what did we see him in recently? Did we see him in something? We did. He was a, oh, a he minor was, character uh, in Jonah Hex. That's yeah. it. That's oh my God. That's, that's right. right. He was the yeah. Irish guy. <laughs> oh, oh I, I guess he's not a minor character then. Um, yeah, he was Burke, the oh, Irish and he, guy. And he's actually he's Irish. <laughs> so, yeah. okay. That makes, wow. Finally. Well, no, because I was, I remember Journey Jonah Hex thinking that his accent seemed a little over the top, but he was probably just speaking normally. <laughs> Well, is he Irish or is he Scottish? 
I mean, that's a German name, right? Fassbender. Fassbender. I don't know. I I, I don't. It, is he? I don't know which he uh, is. It says he's an Irish actor who was born in Heidelberg, Germany, to a German father, Irish mother. Okay, and oh, Irish I imagine mother, okay. grew up in Ireland. Thus, the accent. Uh, looks like it. Yeah. Um. All right. So uh, Rose Byrne played Moira McTaggart. Um. She, uh, wow, she's been around for a long time. She had two movies this week. Um, what was she in this week? Bridesmaids. Oh, this weekend. Okay, yeah. Yes. No, not this week. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she was one of the handmaidens in uh, Attack of the Clones, Dorme. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's we right. Yeah. 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 Um, then, uh, she was, let's see, she was in 20 week, 28 weeks later. Um, oh, she was in damages for like five years. Um, then, uh, let's see, get him to the Greek bridesmaids, of course. Um, so yeah, she, she has great comic timing. I like her a lot. She's one of those ones that I'm always like Rose Byrne. And then I see her, I'm like, oh yeah, her, she's great. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll, let's see, will we see her again? Um, uh, I'm not seeing anything coming up. So this may be our only Rose Byrne for harmless phosphorescence. X-Men Apocalypse. She's I was going to say, it yeah. re- they revealed ah, that her memory it has been wiped by Charles. Okay, yeah. All right, Apocalypse. He's She'll be back. About it. Yeah. All right. Because um, he totally did a Superman. Yes. <laughs> yes. Dream wipe or memory wipe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, oh, boy. Um, yeah. So, yeah, this is... Our first Jennifer Lawrence. Um, we will, of course, see her again in all these freaking X Men movies uh, coming up. Um, she, uh, this was kind of her big, like, uh, big budget movie premiere. She was in Winter's Bone. That's where she got, you know, noticed. Noticed, yeah. And then immediately after this, she was in The Hunger Games. Yeah. And so, yeah, the following year, she was in The Hunger Games and The Silver Linings Playbook and won her Oscar. So, like, she had a big couple of years there. Um, she, yeah, she's Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, we've got, let's see, uh, January Jones is Emma Frost, which I cannot think of better casting for a frosty lady made of diamonds than freaking dynamic character. But January Jones is not good. No, no. Uh, she's Mrs. Don Draper is, you know, what Betty I, Draper. Yeah. What I, she did a great job. And then we learned that's that's all, all she, she can do. do. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. She is the ice queen. Um oh my god, she was in American Wedding in 2003. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. Um um she was delightful in The Last Man on Earth. I only ever saw the first season of that. Okay. So I I never got to her. I, remember her I keep character. I keep meaning to go back, but I keep forgetting. Uh, did she show up right at the end of the the first season? I forget. I can't remember. No, I sort of midway through. I watched. Okay. It was like five years ago. I watched it. I don't remember because ever. the whole crux of her character is that like he thinks Kristen Shaw is the last woman on earth. Right. So like just the joke of like he gets committed to her. And then this hot blonde moves in next door. (laughs) But she, yeah, you know, I'm sure it's easy to look good around Will Forte and Kristen Charles, people like that. (laughs) Hey, hey, hey. They are both perfectly cromulent. 
people. Oh, I love people. them. That's my whole point. Yeah. Like you really have to stand out and be a turd. Yeah. You know, that that was my point. I yeah. love those two comedians. Uh all right. Nicholas Holt plays uh Hank McCoy Beast. He's the uh the the weird creepy pale dude yeah. from uh, Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah. Uh what were they called? The oh. the something boys? Like the Chromios. I don't even know. Uh, <laughs> the Capulets. Like <laughs> the Funky Boys. I can't remember. What were they called? I, I mean, know. obviously, the first time I saw them was probably when everyone did uh, About a Boy, the Stephen Fury. Yeah. Oh, they are. One of my favorite little, like, it's just a charming movie. It's really good. About a Boy. And honestly, um, <clears throat> I know it's it's a little bit like a 2000s twee, but I do enjoy the um, Badly Drawn Boy soundtrack. Yeah, so do I. Yep. Um, let's see. Nick Hornby, yeah, the was the writer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Was he a proud boy in Mad Max? <laughs> no, no, it wasn't proud boys. The war, <laughs> the war boys. My, oh, it might have been war boys. That might hmm. actually be it. I can't remember. Um, it's been too long since I saw that movie. Um, but all right, we're uh, moving on here. We got Oliver Platt as the man in the black suit. <laughs> Um, he's awesome I, I can't believe we haven't thing. had Oliver Platt in one of these movies before um, that's crazy uh, yeah he's a uh, character actor been around for years uh, his, he <clears throat> married to the mob is his first on screen credit working girl <laughs> postcards from the edge I love that movie uh, yep. I love those two movies working girl oh postcards. god yeah yeah <laughs> he was in flatliners uh, <laughs> oh we um Let's see. Uh, yeah, he's been in he's he's tons and tons of movies. He's a working character actor. Um, the Three Musketeers is oh, that's right. Probably where I saw him first. Yeah, he was Porthos. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm probably yeah. Uh, let's see. We got Jason Fleming as a Zazel. Uh, he's lock, stock, and two smoking barrels. Snatch ooh, to the guy Richie Uvra. Um, oh, he was in the League of Extraordinary <clears throat> Gentlemen. I don't. Yeah, he was. Uh, Dr. Jekyll. That's Ooh. right, that dude. Huh. He had and, so much less character in this movie. <laughs> and yes. another one uh, recently, it was like Defendor or something, maybe. Oh. What did we see him in? Oh, yeah, he oh. was in something. Oh, recently. what was it? Was it Defender? Uh, he was Jonah in a, No, I don't think it was Jonah Hex. It was a more modern. Um, do, 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 do. Yeah, I'm looking. Um, it was uh, kick ass. That's okay. Yeah. Oh, he was the doorman. That's right. Yeah, the doorman and kick ass. Oh, yeah. All right. So we got Lucas Till as Havoc. Um, I'm just going to kind of run down these ones. Uh, Edie Gathegi as uh, Darwin. Mm-hmm. Eddie Gathegi, I think. Um, Let's see. Caleb Landy Jones as Banshee. Uh, Zoe Kravitz was uh, Angel. Um, mm-hmm. Matt Craven as uh, CIA Director McCone. Alex Gonzalez as Riptide. Um, Rade Serbage. <laughs> I, I don't know how to say that name. As the Russian General Glenn uh, Morshauer as Colonel Robert Hendry. And Kevin Bacon. As Sebastian <laughs> Shaw, we just had him in uh, in Super. Yeah. Um, another character, uh, character actor, James Rumar. Uh, he was the the general. 
Oh in, yeah. In the war room. Yeah. James Remar. Yeah. Um, so, and, uh, Oh yeah. And, uh, we, there was a uh, one, uh, uh, striker's dad was in this, um, a character. They that made, wasn't yeah. the same striker. No, that I was just his. assumed that the timeline doesn't matter. And the rules are made up when striker is involved. <laughs> nope. That was striker's dad. Striker's dad. And William's already alive, but we don't, which actually doesn't young. make sense. Cause wasn't striker in, in Wolverine. No, no. X-Men origins. Wolverine. Was yeah. that, that yeah, was striker yeah, in that. So he would have been, that no, none of this. Ma- oh Jesus! Okay, yeah, just another question. <laughs> I hadn't even yeah. thought of that one. Crap. Okay, so uh, I got <laughs> the one review I uh, spotlighted for this one on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. This has eighty six percent, by the way. Lincoln F writes, "This movie was pretty good, but there were some flaws in it. Flaws that I was okay with." <laughs> <laughs> Twist. <laughs> yes. Uh, and that is the end of our uh, production. Um, and reviews, which means, gentlemen, it is time we jump on into this movie. Are you ready, guys? A gentleman would at least offer to buy me a drink first. <laughs> oh, you know I will, Al. The Americans are applauding. <laughs> <laughs> they are, as they often do. Yes. All right, here we go. This is X-Men First Class. We open! On the Holocaust, again. <laughs> so this is the second X-Men movie that's opened on the Holocaust. Um, they don't, well, they were just open on the Holocaust. I have a point to make real soon, but go ahead. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's, they, they, they really don't. They they really don't tread lightly with 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 the uh, the symbolism. Um, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, the iconography, like. We grew yeah. up with Nazis being bad guys, so I'm always down with that. That's fine. But yeah, just the flying swastika, and then it turns <laughs> and it's the X. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. oh, those are two sides of the coin. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. I uh, I kind of did a double take uh, with the open the opening scene because um, it looked so similar to the first X-Men movie. Yeah, he um, recreated it really well. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He, uh, he reshot this. Um, I actually watched a a video showing the two scenes side by side and it, he did a really good job. Um, Even the kid. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, okay. That's, I'm going to just, this was an unanswered question for me ish, kind of unanswered. I don't think it really is, but I'm (laughs) just going to, yeah, (laughs) I'm just going to, I'm just going to take it from the top because it kind of, it kind of permeates the entire film. Guys, what do you think? Reboot or prequel? Is this a reboot or is it a prequel? It's a prequel. prequel. Yeah. Yeah. So Um, originally they had intended it to be a reboot and then they decided to retcon it into a prequel. I don't know. In classic X-Men fashion. Well, and you can tell, like I said, using all the Claremont burn because those two guys literally rebooted the X-Men. So you can see, you can see those. So, all right. It being a prequel. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> seen as we've had four movies in this universe so far i have a lot of questions when we get to the end so strap right. it strap in all right um so yeah we get baby magneto bending the gates again then we cut to westchester when i where where all young british boys live well 
Um, something that's important to recreating this scene is now we finally see that there's a, a mysterious figure watching what unfolds. And so as if his POV at times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. For, for, are you talking about in the concentration camp? Yes. Yeah. yeah we see Shaw's watching it. And yes. then you, Silhouette you notice window. some some shots are almost from his POV. But yeah. It, it seems a bird's eye view until we know someone's watching. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Um, so, all right. In Westchester, baby, baby Chucky meets baby <laughs> Raven. <laughs> baby mystique. So we were talking about this off air while we were getting started. Um, so he does mention later it's his stepfather that, that owns the estate and what have you. And mom's British. And so he probably does go back and forth, but um, he's very, very British. And he's obviously spent a good chunk of his childhood in Westchester, New York. Yes. So first accent that's like, hmm, <laughs> yeah. all right. Yes. Accents. Accents are. Yes. Yeah. Fast okay. and loose in this movie. Um, all right. So uh, he, <laughs> he finds. He finds Mystique. Getting into his refrigerator like a bear that wandered in from the woods, getting into a picnic basket. <laughs> Raccoons. Yeah. Um, yeah, but she, yeah, she's looks like his mother. Yeah. Um, he realizes immediately it's not his mom, though. And when she reveals herself to be a mutant, he decides he's going to keep her. <laughs> Which begins the condescending relationship between the yeah. Super condescending, yeah. Um, well, and didn't we discuss her in the past that she is very old? She's not yeah, very have, old, but she is like, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't know that this retcons it's her age. Right. This retcons a lot of stuff. Mystique is Professor yeah. X's adopted sister. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They threw that in. But what's weird is like throughout, not just this movie, Magneto treats her as though she's a kid. And, and I think even refers to that sometimes, but in this movie, he even says like, see me in a couple of years. And, yeah. And yeah. It starts with her in 1940. Like you're the mortal here, bro. Like I am yeah. your age or yeah. more. Well, and, and yeah. And there, I mean, okay. So I have so many questions about Mystique. And uh, <laughs> Charles keeps ordering her soda at the bar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But she seemed about the same age as him. She is. In 1944. But- Right. Yeah. If you just take it at face value, we're right. She she is old, older. It's ambiguous, but in this movie, yeah, they're yeah. the same age. Yes, and then also like so. All right, so maybe she's supposed to age slower, so she's supposed to look younger. Yeah, I mean, I'm, they talk about her cells being so aggressive and regenerating so fast. But she doesn't. She doesn't look significantly younger than them. She could easily pass for like not. 20, 21 years old, like. Because of, like I just said, but yeah, we're all, we all agree. Yeah. She's at least their age. Well, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying, I'm saying she doesn't look younger because I think the idea was she was supposed to look younger so she couldn't get served in bars, but I don't think she does. That makes no sense because she could look like a middle-aged woman in his kitchen. Yeah. She could look like Rebecca Romaine Stamos at the, yeah. uh, yeah. (laughs) Or an old man. Yeah. Yeah. Or an old man. (laughs) <laughs> or Ray Romano, if she's so true. <laughs> <laughs> yes, any possibility. But she, you're right. It's that weird sort of like uh, he seems to have a parental, or sorry, paternal type vibe towards her, even though they are the same age. But again, like you said, he found and rescued her. Yeah. She is his pet. Yeah. 
So he he's definitely older. Quote quote. Yeah, I don't know what they what they were trying to characterize with Xavier with this was like that he didn't understand freedom or something. Yeah, it's a weird. Uh, um, he doesn't angle. understand privilege. No, he doesn't. Oh, yeah. That's no, for sure. He He's got two levels of privilege. He's got his like money and esteem, and also he has a, an ability that he can hide, which is well, what she brings up. You yeah. know, and like it's easy for you, bro. Charles. We see him uh, get a degree, and he's a doctor. Right? Does he send Raven to school? Yeah. Uh, well, she okay. went to Oxford with him, clearly. Well, to- but I think she just carries his bags. Yeah, well, I don't think well, she because she, she says she's majoring in waitress. Yeah. To right. that, yeah. And so he made her go to Oxford and be a waitress. Yeah. To hang out. And then he ignores her. And also, okay, so I was going to save this to the end, but let's bring it up now. Do his parents have anything to say about him just bringing in some random stray, stray girl who he caught breaking into his house? Uh, no, because he makes them not say anything. Oh, oh he does have mind powers. That's a good yeah. point. I didn't even think of that. I was he thinking might. even on a practical level that, you know, he, they don't even notice him. In this giant yeah. state, but yeah, Al, great point. He <laughs> can, he might have like implanted uh, the memory that she was always their daughter. That's a good point. I didn't even that didn't even or occur to me. Always their live-in housekeeper, <laughs> right? Right. Or they don't but, see her at all. You yeah, could do that yeah. as well. Yeah, but that brings up a good point of like, Professor, that's not cool. No, <laughs> yeah, at all it's to the do. Beginning of the grooming, controlling relationship he has with her. Well, yeah. now that that's not cool to do your parents. It's true to anybody. <laughs> He's very free and easy. <laughs> yes, he is. Um, much like the sixties themselves were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but again, they're showing how brash and arrogant and cocksure he was. Absolutely. Um, all right, so uh, then- <laughs> you just don't wake up, Jean Luc Picard. <laughs> no. <laughs> You have to be Austin Powers first. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, every time he said groovy. <laughs> I was just, every time. Every time. Yeah. There uh, are multiple times. Yes. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Um, all right. So then, then, then back to the concentration camp with us. Um, Magneto is taken to the office of a Nazi scientist, Klaus Schmidt. <laughs> Schmidt. So- I'm sorry. We just recently saw him in Super, and he was bacon was way into eggs. This time, I think he's more of a bacon burger. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. German jokes. <laughs> Thank you. They're always funny. The yeah. Germans are known for their sense of humor. Um, so, um, Schmidt demands that he move a coin with his mind, or he'll kill his mom. Yep. Um. I'm not so I this just reminded me a little bit of that old running joke we had about my children, Yuri Geller. <laughs> oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna bring that up on air, but anyways. Um so, <laughs> uh or I'm not gonna explain it on air. Um so all right, Magneto can't do it. So mommy dies and young Eric freaks out and bends all the metal in the room, and there's a lot of stuff made of metal. Well, yeah. Wunderbar. <laughs> do you do you guys think that uh, what is his name Johann Schmidt at this point? Mm-hmm. Do you think that he went into that room prepared? Like, oh man, I'm not wearing a belt. I'm not wearing a watch. 
This kid can move metal, and I'm going to kill his mom. Did he to get him? Did he know it was? Did he know it was just metal, though, or did he just think he can move bend move matter with I, his mind? I mean, I assume the coin thing. Uh, well, and he's he seems to be relatively scientific. That he probably looked at the gate afterwards and was like, "Oh shit, it's just yeah. the metal." Like he didn't bend he, the wood, and he also you know? was aware of his own powers. So you know, he doesn't oh, fear Magneto yeah. at any point. That's right. Um, I forgot. He and was. also, <laughs> he's clearly evil, but he he basically explains the narrative that's been used in real life, that he's not a Nazi and he's not really into the Nazis, but he's able to do his genetic <laughs> sick ass mm-hmm. research, which yeah. a lot of doctors and scientists later said. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So not a good look there, Sebastian. Um, so we cut to 1962. Mag- Magneto is uh, is a Nazi hunter. He's in glorious bastards in it. It's incredible. I, I love incredible. this as his backstory. That was supposed to be the i the the idea for um, the Magneto Origins movie was right. was Magneto Nazi hunter. Well, and hopefully they would have done better because it's one of those situations like that Chris Evans movie we saw where they've been like searching for him for years and then they find him and it's like meh like the swiss famously held nazi gold yes he he could have made this yeah. trip at any time well yeah, <laughs> yeah. well that and was, argentina is a real good place to start that that i have a that was a lot of my unanswered questions for this well is i don't think he was a nazi hunter in particular i think he I had been hunting shaw, shaw. In mm. in particular, and there were just Nazis who happened to be the trail of bread cl- crumbs. He, along and the and he was yes. he was just happy to kill them as yeah. he went. Through. I yeah. mean, yeah, I mean, he was a Jewish <laughs> person in a concentration yeah. camp. I imagine Polish. he was. Oh yeah, Polish Jewish person mm. in a concentration camp. I imagine he was more than happy to kill any Nazi he found. Yeah. But he doesn't kill the Swiss banker, so you know he's he's he is myopic. You know, like yeah. Brian yeah. said, he's looking for Shaw, and he he knows there are a couple steps to him in particular. Yeah. Um, so as there were so many camps and so yeah. many evil doctors. Yeah. Yes. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, all, right. all right. So uh, Charles is attending uh, Oxford. He uses his psychic skills to pick up chicks. Mystique's <laughs> around too. She's sad about being blue. Ironically. <laughs> Mystique is around too. Uh, should be the subtitle to this movie, <laughs> right? <laughs> or her she doesn't do anything, but she's around. I don't know. She's, yeah, she's just around. And I never get one to... thing in this movie. We'll yeah. get there. Yeah, right. Be one thirsty thing. monthly. Um, yeah, that too. But yeah, well, I hadn't, I had not paid attention until we were just talking. They're like, yeah, he dragged her there for no good reason. None. And then she had to get a, a fucking service industry job to live there while he becomes a professor. Is, Which is why does he need to study at all? I understand why he needs the degree. Why? Yeah. Do, why does she have to be a waitress? She, her adopted right. family is super rich. Why couldn't she attend school? Yeah. Yeah. Why does Charles need to study? He could just read his professor's mind while taking the tests. Right. He would still absorb that information. He would yeah. still learn it. Yeah. But he's like, I got to cram. Like, what an asshole. Yeah. Um, all right. So, yeah, then we cut back to Magneto and his amateur dentistry skills. Um, um, we talked about him not killing the Swiss banker. And I think the only reason why he did not kill the Swiss banker is that would have given away to Shaw 
that he was hunting him. Oh, yeah. Which is pretty calculating in that sense of like, if I kill you, that people will be alerted. Right. Um, I'm not going to. Threatening yeah. to kill him was pretty effective too. Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, especially as we go through and we find out that he doesn't really disagree with Shaw in any way. Yeah, whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah, it's revenge. Good old yeah. Ray Wang. Yeah, very personal revenge, period. Yeah. Well, uh, and there are two apex predators. Yeah. 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 It's true. Um, so meanwhile, in Las Vegas, there's a couple of CIA agents surveilling some military guys going into the Hellfire Club. Um, so uh, are, are not CIA agents forbidden from operating on domestic soil? Yes, Al. <laughs> that yes. is true. Yeah. <laughs> That's the FBI that normally does that. Yeah. Um, yeah. There were some Beverly Hills cop vibes in there. Um, <laughs> stakeout. Yeah. Something. Okay. Here's a little tidbit of trivia that I noticed probably because they had the captions on. When she walks into the club, they're playing a song by Freddie Boom Boom Canning called Palisades Park. Mm-hmm. Down at Palisades Park. Okay, that was written by Chuck Barris. You guys know who Chuck Barris is? Oh, yeah. He was the creator yeah. of The Gong Show, yeah. and he claimed to be a CIA agent yeah. his entire life. That, that What was oh, the movie about it? Was it was, who did uh, that? Was uh, it Confessions Clooney? of a Dangerous Mind. That was Clooney, yeah. right? Clooney directed yeah. it, and Sam Rockwell was Chuck Barris and yeah. looked exactly fucking like him. Ah. But um, So I thought that was interesting. When the CIA agent walks in, they play that song by a guy who people still don't believe really was. Yeah. Huh. Um, they, uh, yeah. Huh. Interesting. Um, I, <laughs> I, I checked a lot of the music to make sure that it actually had been released in 62 because so many other things yeah. in this were so iffy on the time period. <laughs> uh, green onions, they, they squeezed by, it was literally released about three weeks before the period that it's being played in. So like, <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's fresh on the radio. Yeah. Um, so, all right. Uh, inside, Colonel Hendricks meets Emma Frost. Agent McTaggart, McTaggart sneaks in and eavesdrops on Colonel Hendricks' meeting with Sebastian Shaw, our old Nazi scientist friend with a new name. Uh, and uh, Emma Frost looking like a fembot. Oh, so much. The whole time. Everyone was in brawn panties, but she looked like she was in an Austin Powers movie. Yeah. I'd like the to the po- skirt and the boot, the tall boots. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'd like to point mm-hmm. out that per IMDb trivia, um, she was wearing a bra, um, which uh, did not exist until at least the seventies. <laughs> oh, yeah, style wise. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so there you go. Um, <laughs> movie ruined. <laughs> yeah, like this, like the Blackbird. I mean, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. In 62, that's a little early. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm, uh, there's a lot of stuff that was a little early for 62. I'd like to point out the long hair on some of the characters. Mm. Uh, I don't know. I'll wait till our anachronism section. Um, so, uh, there, all right. So she eavesdrops on him. Um, Shaw uses his mutant friends to scare him into agreeing to put nukes in Turkey. <laughs> then they teleport him back to Washington. <laughs> yeah. The tuxedo battalion was what he led, obviously. Yeah. I love that he's in the tuxedo. That that yeah. was a nice touch. Um, and his weird declaration. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You know what? Like, I changed my I've mind. I've reconsidered. Yeah, I've changed my mind. It's like, well, maybe he's drunk. He's wearing a fucking tuxedo. So yeah. I, uh, 
what did that uh, war room remind you guys instantly of? Strange love. There's no fighting in a war room. Instantly. Like it was so, so exactly that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is, again, Cuban Missile Crisis era. Because that came out in what, 64? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so. I think, yeah. yeah. 63, 64, somewhere in there, yeah. Oh, which remind me, sorry, way early on, though, when he crushes the Nazis' helmets over their heads, there mm-hmm. was a total, like, scanners moment. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right. So uh, McTaggart calls her boss to tell him about what happened. He doesn't believe her. So she decides to find <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, like, I'm sorry, sweetheart, is your father or a policeman there? <laughs> I could talk to you. <laughs> I mean, yes, 100%. Yeah, it was so much that vibe. Oh, She's on her menses. God, yeah. Um, so right. she decides to find an expert on genetic mutation. Meanwhile, Charles has graduated from Oxford, um, and Eric is killing Nazis in Argentina. He find- okay, but that's a all right. That's a badass, badass scene. I mean, we brought yeah. up in glorious pastures, oh, yeah. but that was yet to come. But I do want to point out that you know, there's Feinbauer, <laughs> Schneider, but he has a moment where he looks at the picture, and you can tell without even him saying anything that he's a little surprised at how young Shaw. Yeah, it, you know, uh, he, he's perplexed huh. by the photo for a moment. But then it's pretty badass when he first when he gets the dagger away and stabs that dude's hand. No powers whatsoever. Yeah. Yep. That was Magneto him. who just like countered, grabbed, and then stabbed him. Yeah. And then picks up the beer. It was just badass. Like, oh, yeah. No, that was a this, really cool scene. This Argentine villa was like, it was a, you stepped into like Frankfurt. Yeah. You were in like a German brew house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought Bitburger. that was so well done. Yeah. Yeah. And they're drinking Bitburger. Mm-hmm. Well, and that is why um, in um, Latin and South America, there are so many pilsners and lagers yeah. that are popular. Mm. Huh. Almost all Mexican beer is yeah. Bavarian, essentially. Huh. Interesting. Anywho. Anyway, yeah. So, all right. So, um... oh, and, and we get the there were just there were a couple of moments, the tailors and pig farmers moment. Mm. Yes. I'm a tailor. I'm a pig farmer. And they're like smiling about it. And he's like, yeah, my family was murdered by tailors and pig farmers. Right. Kills them with the fucking blood and honor dagger. Yeah, this, this was, and then keeps it. Yeah. This was yeah. definitely my favorite scene in the film. Like it was by far the most really powerful. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is better than a lot of the stuff that we see in Inglorious Bastards. Oh, honestly. yeah. As far yeah. as like yeah. the context Shorter. of what he's doing. And yeah, mm-hmm. that line just encapsulates so much. And he went, the only the confirmation he got and the reason he went was that photo. He, yep. he didn't get anything from those two dudes. Yeah, it was that photo. Well, I have, and I have those some two qu- guys are his business partners. Those are the other two faces yeah. in that photo. Yeah. I do yeah. have some questions yeah. about that photo, but I'll leave it till our uh, unanswered questions. Um, so, all right. Um, meanwhile, uh, Charles is drinking when he's found by McTaggart. Um, he reads her mind and she convinces him to come help. Uh, Al, do you know what type of flask that was? That that That's a the yard. chemistry thing oh okay whatever type of pipette or i know they all have names see i thought he was just i i thought i was wondering if that was just a weird anachronistic thing and he was just doing a yard like 
You got it at like, Knott's Berry Farm. Well, like, yeah, or like, you know. Yeah, col- a yard of beer. Yeah, like college it, kids do. Yeah. Yeah. But he, he would have spilled more on, on himself. Yeah. Um, I don't know what that's uh, that's called. I I did not recognize it as a science flask. Mm. Um. All right. So uh, in Miami, Shaw kills Colonel Hendricks because it turns out he can um, absorb kinetic energy and redirect it. That uh, grenade yeah. gambit was pretty baller. Yeah, like, and the way he shows it, like check out my awesome grenade. I have a fucking grenade. And I'll just like be like whatever. General whatever. in the house. <laughs> and his his name was Hendry, but oh, it was Hendry. Yeah. I thought it was Hendrix. Okay, Hendry. Um, back in Langley, Virginia, the CIA bigwigs don't believe Charles until Mystique blues herself. Uh, this is the only thing she does in the entire movie of consequence. Yeah. This is the only thing. She, she does nope. one other small thing at the end yeah. where she turns herself into Kevin Bacon to distract the guy. Oh, that's, yeah, that's true. right. That's she true. does help yeah. there, which I'm sorry. I meant to say in the bar scene in Argentina, I think it was, this was Andrea's joke, but he's literally playing real life six degrees of Kevin Bacon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just thinking of this moment. Think of the first X-Men movie. How many moments, how many times does Mystique changing into another person happen and affect the plot and move the story along? This does Mm. nothing but like, like a, like a gentle breeze Mm. on the story. Like, oh, we needed to move it. Yeah. Best. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, Mystique does nothing in this movie and She's Professor X's adopted sister. Like that makes no yeah. sense if you watch the first three X Men. An adopted sister is a stretch. She's his pet, man. Yeah, yeah I don't want to. I don't want to give it any more than that. Like, and then she's Magneto's. Up. Well, but yeah. yeah, but like there was no hint that there was any sort of relationship between Mystique and Professor X in those first three movies. Yeah, exactly. I could have no. seen them doing like a. You kept me as a pet. As a single line would have contextualized all of this shit. Yeah. Yeah. I thought we were family or something in one of the earlier movies. This, she right. does. She does. Uh, oh, you're talking about the earlier movies? Because yeah. she does yeah. throw the word pet around. Yeah. No, in this yeah. one, but in the earlier movies, like it's never, it's never connect. There's nothing to connect her to Professor X on a personal level in any way, shape or form in the first three X-Men movies. No, of course they had Which, no inkling that this was going to happen. Yeah, I wonder if we get some uh, course correction on those storylines in the next movie. Oh, yeah. from Days of Future Days Past, of Future maybe. Past. Mm. Yeah. Oh, there may be some explanation for why she does not think of Charles that way because maybe it's a branch timeline. I was going to say the whole purpose of Days of Future Past is creating new timelines. Yeah, I yeah. think I think that's after. Yeah, that it yeah. is a branch timeline after that. Um, but uh, all right, so um, let's see. Uh, Charles, yeah, Mystique blues herself. Oliver Platt <laughs> offers to take him to his facility. Um, yeah, they're like cool, and then they yeah. just drive a car. Yeah, they're they're so into going with him. You'd think they'd be like, no, we don't want to be taken anywhere. No, well, the CIA is just so down with it. Like, yeah. yeah, no, CIA like, I, and Charles both are just like cool. Oliver Platt's our guy now. <laughs> Yeah, the CIA would actually be like, okay, we're going to lock them into a basically a tomb many stories underground. 
till we yeah. figure out what they are. We'll probably dissect them. Yeah. We'll study them for the right. next two decades. Yeah. That yeah. was creepy shit. I just saw yeah. They're like, get them out of here in your just regular car. <laughs> yeah. In a parking garage that seems to rain inside. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, um, <laughs> I'm sorry, but okay. Um, real quick sideline. Um, Jude making me watch bad movies is a theme on the show. Um, <laughs> he just made me watch one called Christmas Mail, which I was very, very upset that it was spelled M A I L and not M A L E, as in the yeah. Christmas Mail. But um, totally. Um, the entire movie was clearly shot in Southern California in June or July, but they're constantly wearing mittens and scarves and sweating their asses off pretending it's Christmas in the Midwest. <laughs> it was hilarious. Anyways, all right. So um, they track down with Oliver Platt. Um, they track down Shaw in Miami because they somehow did that. Um, Magneto shows up at the same time. There's a big fight. They sink Shaw's boat, but he had a secret submarine that he lives on. It's not yellow. How do they, they find Shaw in Miami? Because we know how Magneto found Shaw in Miami. They they said, yeah, quote, they, that's what, we got a tip. Yeah, a tip. <laughs> that's well, what they said. They had an inside crime person, too, at one point. Our guy on the inside. Right. No yeah. clue. No clue. Yeah. Anyways. Um, uh, there's a couple of film visual references in this scene. Of course, him rising up out of the water is Apocalypse Now, mm-hmm. really like Martin Sheen coming out of the mud. And then there's sort of a reverse Jaws thing where he's being dragged by the submarine. Oh. And you see it, and, and his head slowly goes down into yeah. the, the water. Hmm. And of course, yeah. in Jaws, it's when they harpoon the shark and he's yeah. trying to pull the entire boat huh. underwater. That's yeah. cool. That's cool. I hadn't thought yeah. of that. Huh. Um, all right. So, yeah, they. Uh, they sink Shaw's boat. He escapes on his secret submarine. Charles sees Magneto trying to use his powers to stop the sub, and Charles jumps in the water and intervenes so Eric won't drown. So I, I love the fact that um, like four Coast Guard boats just got blown up, but Charles yeah. sees Eric in the water and like, there's someone in the water. I better go save him. Yes. There's a couple. This happens in the movie a few times, and I love that he's like, oh, there's another telepath. I'm I'll be no no good to you. No use to you. It's like yeah. we were banking a lot on you, bro. Because we've already had dinghies with motor <laughs> with outboard motors. We've already had guns. Yeah. Like they're like, okay, go get him anyway. Yeah. Like, tele- can't you can't he fight with the telepath? Can't they have like a telepathic arm wrestling match or something? Move. At this yeah. point, the mutant they know of is Charles Xavier. Yeah. And, and- he's like, sorry. Yeah, sorry, I can't. I can't do my this. my powers are very finicky. Yeah, yeah, like As, getting in the air, and the pilot's like, "Shit, man, I don't know, I don't know." <laughs> yeah. Frost uh, blocks Xavier's telepathy. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. Like, but he just gives up. He's the world's yeah. most powerful yeah. telepath, and he's like, "Whoa, fuck, man!" Yeah. Yeah. I, I tried out of my hands, man. I did my best. As far as you're concerned, I'm just a British dude with a degree. Yeah. Well, there's also the tornado guy and fucking Azazel. Like, yeah, these other people exist in you, the boat. Yes. Do you it's think, why they hadn't gotten to Shaw before. Yeah. Do, he's yeah. powerful. Do you think the CIA was like, man, I wish we had tornado guy? 
Right. <laughs> like, and oh, the we- mutant can't help? Well, go at him with a gun. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Eric goes back to Oliver Platt's house with the rest of them. His house. <laughs> yeah. It's a satellite uh, compound in southern New York. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, the location card called it the Covert CIA Research Base. Yeah, super covert. People just come in and go and cars pull up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, They meet Hank McCoy, a scientist who's got crazy feet. Um, Yeah, which Xavier... Go ahead. Four opposable thumbs? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have questions about his power in this movie. But yeah, once again, um, just Xavier with his just ballsy arrogance outs this Oh, Yeah. For yeah. sure, that's a big deal. That's like that's walk, so huge. That's like walking into your new place of work and being like, "Hey, Frank, I know you from the gay club." Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that it was obviously what they were doing. That was it right. was a clear parallel to that, and him being like, yeah. "Oh, I'm so sorry. This is so embarrassing." It's like, dog, you're psychic. You would have known that shit's embarrassing. You would have right. known yes. that no one knows. How did it you just, not? Read the he room. He's a badass. He doesn't read the room. Yeah. Yeah. He takes it for <laughs> granted. Hours. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Be groovy, baby. Just like, <laughs> you're a mutant too. We're all mutants here, baby. <laughs> Would you like to see like, my single celled organism? I had a lot of sex in the 60s. Maybe a man slipped in once in a while. There's no way to tell. <laughs> There's no way to tell. <laughs> Greed. Greed. Yeah. Greed, Bradley. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, on the sub, Shaw heads to Russia to help speed up the Cold War. He's got a psychic blocking helmet that the Russians gave him. Um, and also, chicks are really only good for fetching ice for your drinks. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, it's like, l- luckily, we're in Antarctica. <laughs> luckily, we're right up against this iceberg. Luckily, she can just climb out and. Yeah, and like I get the the power play thing. He's like, I'm so powerful, like you know, right. swinging dick in the room kind of thing. But right. it's just so petty and weird, and like it not a good, weird. It's not good management skills to no. be undercutting your your number two. And as constantly. they zoom away, that smash cut zoom back, like they it messes with the proportions. As she comes, as the camera comes back, she suddenly is larger than she should be for where she's standing. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's real small, real quick. Yeah. The scale is not right. The FX guys really, yeah. Um, yeah and, that- and there's everything in that sub. But refrigeration, apparently. Well, I assume there's Again, refrigeration, a power, but I mean, that's yeah. yeah. some sweet, yes. fresh ice that's been up there for that's thousands true. of years, yeah. I guess. Oh. So yeah. much penguin poop. <laughs> well, so much radiation. Yeah. Don't lick the <laughs> yellow balls. Yeah. Um, I, I had a point. Now I forget it. All right. So anyways, okay. um, back in Virginia, Mystique bonds with Hank. He's working on a serum to block mutant appearances. He's like, he's like, if only there was a way to hide my appearance, right. like shoes, yes, which I'd done for 18, yeah. 20 years. Yeah, it's like now that the CIA knows, right? The whole world knows. Um, also, okay, anachronisms abound in this movie, but how old is Hank, and how old is Mystique? I think he's under twenty. He graduated Harvard, regular Harvard, at oh, fifteen. Oh, that's yeah. right. He's he supposed to be that, a, yeah. a boy genius. Okay, which is not tied to his mutant ability. No, yeah, he has genius level intellect, but that's just Hank McCoy. Yeah. yeah. Um, Sorry, 
<laughs> Thank you, Al. Uh, so, all right. Um, Eric, this is the first time Eric tells uh, Mystique, like, you don't need to be different. You can refine how you are. Then he steals. Uh, and first of all, I just want to say that I've tried to kiss almost every phlebotomist that <laughs> that is taken by blood. It's just, it's a great opener, <laughs> yeah. right? Just leave that needle in. You know, you're so close to my face. Yep. Yeah, this is a that was a weird moment. Well, and Magneto's uh, line when yeah. he interrupts them, kinky, <laughs> is perfect for yeah. like, what the fuck are you guys doing? You're having a picnic and drawing blood? Gross. Yeah, a Twinkies picnic. And kissing? What the fuck? Like, Inside an old fuselage? Yeah, I don't know what yeah. the kids are into in the 60s, but... Um, yes, we do. They wouldn't stop tiling us. Yeah, constantly yeah. for God. 50 years. Yeah. Um, all right, so uh, Charles convinces Eric to stay because he's going to leave and go hunt Shaw. Oliver Platt apparently has an early version of Cerebro, which um, Hank what? built. Yeah, it's like the Epcot golf ball. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah, they, yeah. So uh, again, I think Andrew pointed out, but it is interesting, and obviously they didn't know ahead of time because it came later. But it reminds you of the dome that Charles is in and Logan, where he's sort of dying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Huh. Yeah. But it is weird. How that's a weird retcon that n- nameless Oliver Platt and Hank created Cerebro. And also, why did they create Cerebro? They why? didn't have a telepath until now. And yeah. it enhances brainwaves, quote unquote. But also, it seems as though you know, since Hank was under the radar, and Oliver Platt seems to really just see an actual mutant for the first time in that meeting. Yeah. yeah. So right, but- what were they going to attract? What it? were they going to do with Cerebro? What was the yes, point of well, having it? Yeah. What, what uh, would trying to get radio them? stations that were just out of uh, <laughs> their range. <laughs> yeah, I have a point about that later, too. But yeah. um, uh, I will say this about Cerebro. The most interesting thing to me about Cerebro is how does that thing actually triangulate a location and feed them a digital GPS number? Right. Out of an old dot matrix, like wait, like wait, and then it has like several like feeding GPS coordinates, coordinates of the yeah. individuals G- from a printer. GPS <laughs> coordinates. There <laughs> was GPS does not exist. There was at this no point global positioning system in 1962. Well, no. well, well, I mean, I will say I call it GPS coordinates, but latitude and longitude. They were giving them. Yeah. Latitudinal and longitudinal. Yeah, lines. but still, but they knew where to go. They knew how to, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah like, and then they just send these two guys out with a map. Yeah, so there's like, no here. longitude and latitude for a strip club. Here's a Lincoln. <laughs> Take a map. And like a there is, but you know, but like, yeah, oh, no. Maybe maybe how can, do you maybe find Magneto it? has like a has like a pigeon compass thing going on where he's like, oh, I got a little bit of iron in my brain that tells me where we're headed. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, really, the traffic signs tell me. So, also, right. that list was like forty people long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was very long. Uh, how how did they choose the bug girl and the screaming kid? And it was very frustrating that um, Alex Summers is a character in this. I always thought he was the older brother, but they show Storm. Mm-hmm. As just the, you know, I know in Apocalypse yeah. they make her a street kid in Egypt, but she was a queen. I wish they had fucking for real, but, dude. And then um, Scott Summers is just like playing with a ball. You know, when they first hooked Cerebro up, it was just like those were supposed to be Easter eggs, but they were lame. Well, they made it yeah. worse, I think. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. There are so many other mutant characters. Well, yeah, I don't know. It's just such a weird moment. Cerebro doesn't make any fucking sense in this movie. No, not, not that all. it makes sense really at all. But in this movie, it doesn't make sense. Well, no. right. We suspend our disbelief, but you know, like, oh, the most powerful psychic in the world. He built this machine. Fine. Yeah. But no, it was these two other people who didn't know really about mutants. Hank I was one, but I get the feeling that uh, the man in the black suit um, was aware of mutants. I don't think Mystique and Charles were the first mutants he'd ever seen. That's why he was That's already fair. in the process of developing this stuff. The CIA director, on the other hand, uh, seemed completely clueless uh, about Yeah, sure. Mutants. I mean, I, I, I can buy that. The, that he's probably seen some sort of you know display of powers, but then to find, yeah, I'm with Thoreau. Who is going to Run right. Cerebro, how is yeah. that going to yeah. yeah. Um There was a there was a fun moment where uh, Hank says, are you sure we can't shave your head? Yeah. yeah. Charles says, don't, don't touch, touch the hair. What um, you, oh, fun fact. Yeah, go ahead, um, Al. I think that's what I was going to say, too. Go ahead. Right. Uh, James McAvoy, when he got the role, uh, he went ahead and shaved his head for this movie. <laughs> yeah, um, he was way excited. <laughs> before they told him that Xavier was going to have hair in this mm-hmm. movie. Um, so they had to uh, film him with extensions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's hilarious. For, for Prior to the new Picard show that came out on CBS, like he was in an unrelated interview and he said that if they ever went far enough back in Picard's life, he would really, really love to play <laughs> young Picard. <laughs> that would be awesome. It would. Uh, all right. All right. So well, we already got a young Picard, right? Nemesis. Oh, now he's too buff. Yeah, totally. <laughs> all right. All right. So, um, we, uh, get a groovy montage of them picking up mutants. We get our Wolverine cameo. Totally fun. Yeah. The Wolverine cameo. Yeah. Uh, so the, the Wolverine cameo was, I thought the funniest part of this, this movie. I agree. It was, it was yeah. my favorite scene because it was, it was quick, unexpected. And- and I they heard- pay it off in the next one yeah. because when he reintroduces or introduces himself to them, yeah, they're like, "We remember you. <laughs> yeah. You told us to go fuck ourselves." Yeah. Um, I heard. I don't know if this is apocryphal or not, but I heard that that was actually um, they did a few takes of that, and that was actually a uh, an ad lib by uh, Hugh Jackman <laughs> because That's the awesome. man lives in that character. He owns it. God damn, I love him. Yeah. Um, so, all right, we get Wing Girl, Energy Boy, Changey Man, and the Screamer. They pick up, <laughs> which, <laughs> and of course, this is pre um, Weapon X, so they uh, that actually explains why he doesn't remember Charles. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, it's yeah, cool. absolutely, it's cool. Yeah, it makes sense. That that completely. That was like, oh yeah, yeah. that's huh. fine. Right. It's yeah. nice when that happens. But yeah. Also, <laughs> wouldn't uh, wouldn't Charles remember him though, and be like. Dude, you're that guy that told me and Magneto to fuck off. He does yeah. say that in the next movie. Yeah. No, no, but I mean, he would have remembered that in the first X-Men's in movie. X-Men. Like, oh, like wait I don't know, then. Logan. I don't know anything about you. Like, okay. You, you could have been like, there you dude, go. we met in New York at one point. Right. It you explains, were dead to me. Explains why Logan doesn't remember, but it doesn't explain why. Yeah. Patrick, Xavier is, why Patrick well, Stewart doesn't remember. 
Well, and maybe as we've seen in this movie, he's not as good a guy as we think he is. No, I think that's the whole dick. point. Yeah, yeah. he's, he's a like kind of dick. Yeah. He's like, you were a dick to me, and I'm not going to reveal any of your past. You're clearly an amnesiac, but I'm not going to help. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah, Charles is a dick. He is. <laughs> okay. Um, he's righteous, self-righteous. He does help him. He's trying to get him to unlock his memories on his own um, rather than just come out and say, like... Well, yeah, but I mean, that's it's yeah, still weird to mention nothing weird. at all. Yeah. Well, yeah. if you're going to help somebody with their memories, oftentimes you're like, can we find something to jog your memory? Like, no, nah, bro. Well, you're he has a sliding there. scale of when it's noble to use his power and when it's not clearly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Some people he'll wipe their memory. No sweat. Other people yeah. he helps with it. Like, it's very arbitrary. Charles yeah. is so morally gray in this movie. It makes Magneto seem way more like palatable i think well he's he always had conviction and integrity yeah oh yeah no he he yeah. he believes it and that's what he's doing yeah because he didn't have a privileged life yeah yeah all right so revenge me- makes sense to him sorry all right. all right so meanwhile on the sub emma frost discovers charles is recruiting mutants uh she continues to russia shaw heads back to handle the good guys meanwhile the young ex People get crazy and party, but Charles and Eric come home, and oh, the house is a mess. Um, <laughs> they have their little breakfast club. Yeah, shot yeah. Around the corner. How do they get to Russia so fast from New York? Charles, like, Charles during the and, events of the party, um, and they, and Magneto and Moira and the CIA strike team or whatever that was behind them. Get yeah, back they're there. just suddenly in the Great Escape, yeah. which was another well, reference well, when they're both Shaw, in the Shaw, Shaw could have teleported with Azazel. So that's fine. Well, Shaw mm-hmm. makes sense. But yeah. Charles and Magneto, I'm like, how did you guys get there? They're a minimum of and a couple days from there. Yeah. 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 And that's at I least love, 18 hours. Yeah. I love that um, Charles and Eric just get to play an uninterrupted game of chess on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial, and then they shoot from <laughs> over their shoulder, and there's no one on the mall, no one at the memorial. If yeah. you've ever been, it's a crowded yeah. 24-7. Uh, well, I assume that Charles used his mind powers to clear uh, the, yeah. the entire square. So they yes. could play chess yes, and let, talk. Yeah, that's a good point. Let's not forget that Charles can make everybody in the vicinity freeze and not freeze. move anytime he wants. Which you'd think would be a useful power to have, but apparently yeah. it's not because it's not. he doesn't use it at a and lot he- of times. And the heavy-handed symbolism of you know the great emancipator. Yeah. Well, yeah. That. And the two arguments for. So, so. all right. So, um, Drew, they, uh, yeah, they go to Russia. Um, where Emma's meeting with a Russian general, Magneto and Charles break into the meeting and subdue them both. Charles discovers through his telepathy that Shaw intends to start World War III so that the humans will kill themselves off and and the mutants will take over the world. They take Emma captive. Um, Meanwhile, back in Virginia, Shaw attacks the kids, um, kills a bunch of CIA guys and offers to let them join up his crew. Uh, Wing Girl goes with him. Um, while Changey Man dies in the attack, I refuse to write their real names in this for some reason. Well, the, and they, st- after everything, they found a way to kill the black guy. Still, I mentioned that to Jude. Oh, the Jesus black Christ. guy is the guy they kill off. Like guys, really? 
Mm-hmm. And, and then the other person of color is the turncoat. Yep. Well, it's good. Now all now we have a nice lily white good guy team. <laughs> <laughs> well, except the blue, <laughs> the blue ones. Yeah, she chooses to be white, which uh, makes sense, I suppose. <laughs> well, uh, that's another thing that there was a lot of pretty heavy-handed um, uh, symbolism about is the whole or the whole our metaphors is the, mm-hmm. is the people of color that could pass in old t- in uh, right. previous eras where you know lighter yeah. lighter skinned people of color would pass for white. Yeah, yeah, the paper bag test. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so uh, Shaw heads back to Russia where he meets up with the general, convinces him to put nuclear missiles in Cuba. Charles, well, he doesn't convince him. Well, he does eventually. Like at first, he doesn't want to, and then he threatens him to do it. And the threatens guy, him. Yeah, yeah, and okay. thus, that's con- a, thus that's convinces form him. Of convincing. Yeah, yeah. You're, yeah. you're right. Oh, uh, yeah. If you're not with us, you're against us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Charles and Eric. Uh, arrive back in Virginia to find the destruction. They decide they're going to train up the crew and go after Shaw. So they head to Charles's mansion. He's like, yeah, we could stay at my mom's house. Right. Like, fuck you, Charles. <laughs> um, meanwhile, the Russians send their missiles to Cuba. Uh, Kennedy sets up a blockade. Um, we've got a week, a week until the missiles arrive. We got one week, yeah. One week since she looked at me. <laughs> with those missiles. Yeah. Cross. Yeah. Chickity China, the Chinese chicken. Um, war seems eminent at this point. Um, back in Westchester, the mutants are training. We get another montage. A long, long montage. Um, yeah. So, there. I mean, there's a lot going on in this. They all get their powers under control. It took like 15 minutes. Well, and Charles just steps into that role. You know what I mean? Like he all of a sudden he knows everything about training. I don't know. That was not in his Oxford degree. It wasn't in his thesis. No, <laughs> he's a geneticist. Yeah. Now, but now he's just the all father. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he knows everything about everything. Uh. So. Um. Let's see. Uh. We get. <laughs> let's see. There we are. Um. So. Um. <laughs> After this long training montage, they realize that Shaw's going to be at the blockade. The face-off is going to happen the next day, so we get a last night before the battle thing. Uh, Real quick, um, did anybody notice Hank cupping the mannequin's boob? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) He totally groped it. That's hilarious. (laughs) He does like a twist, even. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, All right. So uh, Mannequins tend to have nice boobs. (laughs) Generally. By design. Yeah. Uh, that night, and Hank, I love it. He's trying to get uh, Eric to move the satellite. Yeah, the, the satellite, yeah. satellite in the distance. Yeah. And I just love it's like he moves it, and then Moira pokes her head out the window, like the president's going to give his address, but we can't see it. <laughs> fucking move the satellite. <laughs> we were getting three channels loud and clear. Yeah. Now static. Yeah. Now static. The children's television workshop. Oh God, that takes me back to my childhood. <laughs> like, turn it just a little more. No, no, too far. Go back. Just go a back. Yeah. Yeah. Oil. Uh, uh, um. So, all right. That night, Hank. Oil. Yeah. Comes to. Yeah. Uh, you, did you ever? Yeah. You, you'd yes. have to like screw it into the back like rabbit ears. Yeah. yeah. I, I just imagine them putting foil on the giant. <laughs> <electric> <laughs> <in the distance laughs> yeah, because they do get up to the top of it. 
So Hank goes to Mystique that night. He's got the serum made. Um, she tells him that, no, she's a proud, independent blue woman who doesn't need society's acceptance. Uh, Hank decides to take the serum himself anyways, and he blues himself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I blew myself. It's got to be a better way to say that. Um, yeah, and of course, there's the Wolfman scene, which was pretty awesome. I wrote, mm-hmm. he looks like a wear cookie monster. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> nom, 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 nom. Yeah, an American Cookie Monster in London. <laughs> <laughs> Where they're called biscuits there. <laughs> the biscuit monster. The biscuit monster. Oh my god, that's fantastic! <gasps> uh, so, all right. Wait, doesn't okay? Does Kelsey Grammer do? Yes. Beast with a British accent. No, that's called the Fraser. We don't know what accent that is. <laughs> that it's, weird transatlantic San Francisco it, radio uh, host. It's like, no, by Harvard, Cambridge. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's it's not exactly transatlantic, but it's not exactly American either. Yeah, it's right. like some like, cave in Connecticut. Oh, really, Niles. Yeah. And apparently he grew up in Seattle. Yes, yeah. apparently. Well, that's right. John, that's John Mahoney. Uh, um, tune in next week, listeners, for our new podcast, Talking Frasier. <laughs> oh, I have a lot of unanswered questions. <laughs> I'm here for Daphne. Yeah. Oh, man. Yep. Um, so, all right. So, uh, Charles and Eric have one of their classic humans won't accept mutant arguments. Um, Eric stops into Mystique's bedroom. They do the meme. Uh <laughs> then then they kiss uh which is weird cuz i don't know it's just weird they didn't they shouldn't have that kind of relationship um and she runs around naked in front of her brother i like how she's like accept me as i am and it's he's like no that's cool but you're naked yeah is it scaly everywhere i'm not yeah. trying to be gross Do the but scales it? match the <laughs> Do the scales match the drapes? The drapes. Yeah, yeah, I'm into well, what it, I'm man. curious Whatever. about is like when when she's standing there nude because her breasts aren't necessarily defined. The scales go over them, as we know. I wonder if it's the same thing or if he can see her naked, and that's why he's just so. But I think it's more her appearance. Like, how dare you not hide? He has that going on. Well, I mean, yeah, that's the subtext. But literally, she just walked in front of her brother naked. So. I don't know. Yeah. Um, just really quick, since this is the first time we see a full-blown mystique, uh, <laughs> they worked so hard to keep Jennifer Lawrence as Jennifer Lawrence in this movie. Oh, yeah. Like, throughout. Yeah. They're like, we're paying for cute blonde girl. Yeah, you're and right. And then in the more next than... movie, it becomes more of an issue. Um, yeah, they use her more. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't want to turn her into... Yeah. They didn't want her to be Mystique very often at all. Compared yeah. to like Rebecca Romaine. It, it was, was like almost the opposite. Yeah. yeah. Don't show her that way very much. Yeah, exactly. I don't think we even got a Rebecca Romaine until what? Like the second or third movie? In the Maybe. toilet stall where she injects the guy with iron. Yeah. yeah. She yeah. herself. Yeah. Um, so, all right. <laughs> That's pure Romaine. <laughs> Uh, meanwhile, in his happy little submarine, Shaw turns up the nuclear reactor on his ship and sucks up all the energy. We all live in an evil submarine. <laughs> Whoa. I think you jumped. Oh, I'm sorry. So I did. I, I skipped a uh, paragraph. Yeah. They arrive just as the USA is about to fire on the Russian ship. Or Okay. No, no. So the next morning, 
they all get in their suits. They see Hank McCoy as the beast. I skipped two paragraphs. Um, and head out on the X jet to Cuba. They arrive. I just- love the I love the shot of them uh, in their uniforms um, it, with the like big boot cut pants and the giant boots. Yeah, yeah. their yeah. feet look so big, except yeah. for. Yeah, yeah. And there's a few silhouettes of Magneto at the end with the big boots and the helmet finally on on the beach where just the silhouette reminds me of some specific comic artist that I've seen like, mm. do the big boots, the big helmet. Yeah, anyway. Um, so, all right. They arrive just as the USA is about to fire on the Russian ship, um, despite the fact that the Russians have ordered um, the uh, ship to turn back, but it turns out the crew is dead and Azazel is piloting it. Uh, Professor X uses his powers to make the Russians destroy their own ship, thus averting World War III. Which, okay, he he killed the people on the bridge, but we're not to believe he killed everyone on the ship, right? I mean, that's uh, what they said, kind of. Yeah. Oh, they said it? Yeah, Xavier said everybody's dead. Yeah. He, he did yeah, okay. <laughs> or, was, well, that, or was it, hey, guys, everybody on that ship's dead, so I'm going to blow <laughs> right, it up. Right, because that's what I was going to say, because Moira even tells him it was an inspired plan. But then later he tells Eric, there's people on those ships. <laughs> but okay, if he mentioned it, good yeah. for him. So, all right. Yeah. Um, then in his submarine, Shaw turns up the nuclear reactor, sucks up all the energy. Um, Banshee uses his powers to find the sub. Magneto pulls the sub up out of the water, um, beaches it, and causes uh, causing their own plane to crash onto the beach next to it. Um, we get the big battle between the good mutants and the bad mutants. Eric gets into the sub. Uh, he finds Shaw. Um, Shaw is more powerful than Eric. Um, he starts talking to him, trying to convince him to join him. Then uh, it Shaw's like throwing Eric like against the wall. Like it's not a like he knows this is blocking Professor X. It's not a good idea to break your own subs like Professor X blocking wall. Yeah, I don't understand how the wall of the submarine was it made out of the same what metal is anti psychic metal? It looked like it was glass or diamond, like it was made out of Emma Frost's skin. Just, it just looked like mirrors to me. Yeah, I don't know, but yeah, but he, but still, yeah. Professor X couldn't see in until the wall started breaking, until yeah. that little hole poked through. Yeah, and um, then like thoughts were leaking out, like it was atmosphere, <laughs> and they were in space. Yeah, yeah. totally. Like now I'm in. <laughs> yeah, such a weird, weird moment. It's like yeah. how does this work, man? What the fuck? Yeah, I hadn't thought about it. You're right. Yeah. Just, yeah. Arbitrary. So, um, yeah, Charles uses his powers to free Shaw after um, Eric um, gets his helmet off him. Eric puts the helmet on and kills Shaw with the coin after telling him he agrees with everything Shaw says, but unfortunately, he killed his mother. Yeah, that shit's so badass. That was that yeah. whole. Like, sorry. That was a cool scene. Yeah. And Charles is holding on to his brain. And like he says to. Eric earlier in the movie, I felt your agony and your pain of your memories. Mm-hmm. So he holding like he's got like his his brain is in Shaw's brain. He feels the coin going yeah. through Shaw's brain. Yeah, that's, that's why he's screaming like an idiot. I love that shit so much. That was cool. so dark. That was Which, a- that was a Toy Story reference, right? With the piggy <laughs> bank. <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, yeah, that was, it was like sexual in Toy Story, though. I mean, <laughs> it was way more. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, give me another penny. Mm. But he knows uh, Charles would try to stop his revenge. I love that. Where Charles, yeah. like, don't put the helmet on. Don't, 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 don't. Yeah, don't put the helmet on. Like, of course, yeah. I'm going to put the fucking helmet on. Yeah, yeah. Of you're going to control my actions, good or yeah. bad. Yeah, you're going to control be, me. Yeah. Of course, I'm putting the helmet on. Um, so, all right. Meanwhile, the U.S. and Russian governments agree to team up and attack <laughs> the they agree or did they both come to the same conclusion independently? There was, wasn't there a shot of like the generals being like Russia's on board or something like that? I thought that they were like, we should just attack these. I, I don't remember that sequence. I wouldn't be surprised though. Did you that catch? Seems, did you catch? I thought they were now? communicating. Yeah, I oh, thought okay. I thought they, they talked. Were, to, yeah, the Russians share our concerns. Was a tagline I wrote. So somebody <laughs> said it. <laughs> and that quote, Eric Trump. Um, so yeah. Uh, Magneto, sorry, everybody. Financial concerns. Yeah. So Magneto um, comes out. And uh, is trying to convince them to team up with the humans when the navies fire at them. Magneto stops the missiles and turns them back on the humans. Charles jumps Eric, stops him from destroying the ships. The missiles fall into the ocean. McTaggart shoots at Magneto, who deflects the bullets, but one hits Charles in the back, paralyzing him. Yeah, why did you think that was going to work? That's the, that's the stupidest shit that happens in this entire movie. I'm going to shoot yeah. Magnet Man. Yes. Yep. Who I've been but, training with yeah, alongside. Yeah. Um, they yeah. throw a spear at him made of wood. Yeah. You know? Run, yeah. run up and punch him. Plastic bullets yeah. or something. Kick him in the mm. balls. Anything's going to be more effective. Yeah. Kick him in his balls. Charles, keep him down. I got to carve this spear point. <laughs> yeah. Right? Keep him down. Um, well, I mean, if I, were, if I were like, this Nazi hunter guy seems kind of... Uh, seriously uh like extreme i'm gonna bring like a polycarbonate knife with me or something something <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah like a sharp piece of plastic like a spork i don't know so fucking one, handgun so one thing i want to point out about charles becoming paralyzed in this film um he was not paralyzed in x-men origins wolverine which took place sure. in 1978 <laughs> he walks into the house. Yes. <laughs> Maybe he had metal legs and uh, <laughs> Magneto was doing him the favor of keeping him upright. Uh, you ever think about that? That could happen. Yeah. I don't know why he doesn't allow himself to walk. He has the power yeah. to do so. Well, and I would also like to point out that in um, X3, X-Men what was it? Unite? Last stand. Last stand. Last stand. Um, <laughs> yeah. Charles and um, uh, Magneto were still working together because they came together to Jean Grey's house. Yeah. Yes. You're right. Uh, yeah. Um, all right. That was in the 80s. Yep. Uh, uh, so anyways. Uh, uh, so yeah, Charles is paralyzed. Um Magneto tries to convince Charles to join him one last time. Um, Charles says no. Magneto asks the mutants to join him. The evil ones do, and so does Mystique. They go... That's that's so Raven. <laughs> I was waiting for that so Raven joke somewhere in the show. Uh, yeah, they teleport away. Then back at his Westchester mansion, Charles and McDaggart discuss the academy. He's opening for mutants. <laughs> yeah. She names them the X-Men. 
He wipes her memory out as uh, they're now in hiding from the government. That, with a kiss. Yes. Yeah, with a kiss. Superman like, style. Oh, maybe that's, yeah, that's exactly. not misogynistic at all. Not at all. You know, I yeah. woke up and I was here. I'd like a kiss before you wipe your mind. So we're gonna have yeah. this romantic moment that you've I mean, maybe been anticipating. Yeah, I'm. I have a feeling it went further than a kiss. I mean, if he's wiping yeah. her mind, he's totally. questionable morality, man. Yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah. Have you ever ridden in a X wheelchair? <laughs> that sounds like it's a former wheelchair. <laughs> uh, um, at- we didn't even see the X chair in the movie, did we? At the very end. It was there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, you're right. It's the first image in the trailer. <laughs> the trailer. Which tells me Charles went and said, make sure the wheelchair has X's on the wheels. <laughs> make yeah. sure. Branding is important. We need to oh. get our image out there. Yeah. They're like, did, did you, you say regular? Does he have a oh, does he have a regular wheelchair? <laughs> well, like when they go to Walmart? Do you think he's like, let's not take <laughs> an, the X chair? An undercover <laughs> wheelchair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, back at the CIA, Magneto breaks Emma Frost out of prison, and he's got a fancy new outfit. And we roll credits. And he put little horns on the front of the. He did. Yeah. Yeah, the, little the original little Magneto design. Yeah, that was yeah. cool. I like that. Uh, I love that he breaks Emma Frost out of prison. That is mm-hmm. such a fucking Magneto thing to do. Too. Yeah, like, it is. Yeah. I don't really like you, but uh, mutant uh, supremacy, right? <laughs> You down? If you're not cool. with me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're not with me, I'll just fill you with iron. <laughs> so watch your back. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, that's it. Like I said before, I don't think we've ever had a movie that is legitimately so good with so many weird plot holes and unanswered questions. <laughs> I, in true X-Men fashion, though, it does not give a fuck about the timeline or right. about the effects of the timeline or right, any yeah. of these characters' previous personalities or of proclivities. Yeah, it's yeah. just like, yeah, here's Mystique. <laughs> After yeah. hearing earlier, chicken-like qualities. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right? What, what was the dragon that they had in X-Men? I mean, X-Men oh, is Lockheed. not a, Yeah, Lockheed. They're not, it's not a serious comic. Which, you know? Has like, anybody seen the New Mutants? Not that yet. movie? No. No. Oh, not yet. Lockheed's in it. <laughs> what? But That's I won't incredible. say. Yeah. We'll get there eventually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Um, it's not bad. All right. Unanswered questions. Do you guys have any unanswered questions before I jump into mine? We've got through a few oh. of mine in the course of the show, but. um, Well, I have, like, okay. So we've established that Hank's intellect is his own. Um. And he's hung up on appearance, so that's what he was trying to develop. So if he took away those feet, you know, okay, so he has agility maybe and some reflexes, but he's certainly not as fast as he was. He can't hang on to things right. well, with them. Yeah. So the question then becomes like, all right, because he says it will take away the appearance, but not the abilities. Not the abilities. The ab- Appearances, in large part, is the abilities. He's going to give it to Mis- saying, yeah. Mystique. Her, yeah, he her, all the... of her abilities are appearance. Yeah. Um, I wonder and if his. there was some underlying right. thing yeah. that we didn't see with Beast. So, like, gorillas uh, have the smallest male sexual organs, <laughs> pound for pound. I wonder if yeah. Beast has a similar <laughs> issue where he's like, it's not the feet, you guys. It's this so, tiny penis. It's, the it's tiny... making me really self-conscious. Yeah. And I figure if I get rid of the feet, that'll go too. And yeah. Nicholas, how, how, 
Yeah, he has a bigger dick than Beast. That's <laughs> that's fun. Because uh, I pictured it like a, what's the word? Prestigial tail? Is that oh, the God. word? Vestigial not, tail. Not like a duck <laughs> with like a corkscrew. Oh, duck. <laughs> you know, the only but thing it, worse. Those than, are two. Right, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say the only thing worse than duck penises are duck boobs. Duck <laughs> dude. Um, yeah, you're right. If you took away the appearance from Mystique, that is her whole. In fact, that's what, uh, what's his name? Trask uses. Yeah. She could probably still do voices though. <laughs> <laughs> she's like the Jeff Dunham of mutants. I'm going to, or yeah, she's going to join the SNL cast next summer. <laughs> <laughs> she's like Mel- Melissa Villasenor. Yeah. Like, Move out of my way. There's a, there's a new. A new woman who does voices, <laughs> but, but I do a mean Marjorie Taylor Green. Yeah, but all the sketches yeah, she writes are some sort of like weird Broadway send up. Yeah, <laughs> she always wants to be nude. I'm like ah, it's live, you can't do yeah, that. Exactly, the blueness is not the problem. Uh, uh, any others for you guys? Do you think she wears jean shorts underneath clothes uh, <laughs> all the time? <laughs> She's like, I'm not a never nude. I'm an always nude. Yeah. Uh, so, all right, all right. So, besides the ones we did answer, quite a few of mine. Um, so, all right, when he sees that picture of Shaw in Argentina that says Miami, he instantly heads to Miami. What if Shaw uh-huh. wasn't in Miami? He has no idea how long ago that picture was taken. It could have been three weeks. Sure. It could have been four years. Yeah, like, it is a boat after all. Yeah, um, and, and Shaw was just in Las Vegas <laughs> right before this. That's true. Yeah, he's been moving around for 40 years. He's on his way to Russia. Guys, 25 years. Did you guys notice, I, I don't know if we mentioned it, the submarine is named after the villa. Uh, it has the same name as the... Yeah, it has the same ah. name. Caspertina. Huh. Yeah, Caspertina, that's right. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. he was just delivering some of their uh, Bavarian beer to Miami. Hmm. Yeah, maybe that's, that's it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he was the first Pablo Escobar <laughs> type character. Yeah. Uh, um, okay. So how um, Oliver Platt at one point says that he's the laughing stock of the CIA, but mm-hmm. somehow he gets millions of uh, taxpayer dollars to open up this facility. That huge well, facility. Yeah. And he's in this meeting. If he yeah. was the laughing stock, he'd work in some basement like Milton, you know? Yeah. Like, right. Yeah, and usually the guy sitting in the corner who doesn't say anything in the meeting is the badass. Yeah. But he does not come off as the badass. No, and he literally yeah. says, I'm the laughing stock of the CIA. He says those yeah. words. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, and they go in many ways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In just a private car. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I would say that. I'd be like, I've always believed in you guys. I've had this theory. Nobody at the CIA believes me. Yeah, you're right. And, leave out the like people fucking laugh at me bro i don't eat lunch with anybody anymore they don't like yeah and you should be the laughing stock with your giant epcot dome that you're going to use to connect to other people you know what i mean like yeah yeah. Yeah. you earned the laughing stock he is so lucky that that gambit paid off he's just yeah like they were gonna bulldoze that next week yeah we we made a psychic dome (laughs) my secret cia (laughs) right that is yeah. some CIA shit, though. Yeah. Building yeah. a psychic dome. We just, we pump up Nicholas Holt with uh, LSD. He goes out <laughs> there. Yeah. They let to it go on for a while. while. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, all right. They make a point of saying that the suits, their X-Men suits, 
um, our help with G-Force, apparently, somehow. And our bulletproof. Bullet Fuck. They make a point oh. of saying they're bulletproof, yet a bullet is what causes Professor X's paralysis. Oh, right. make it to the... Oh, my uh, God. He hit him in the seam. <laughs> yeah, it was... Got him right through the zipper. <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah, and if the zippers are on the back, does that mean they all have to zip each other up like it's like a prom dress? <laughs> Can you get here and help no. me put this on? Kevin, Kevin Bacon is all about prom. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> well, I guess Magneto could just zip everybody up from outside the room. He's like, I got everybody's zippers. Let's just holler when you're ready. Will you zip me up, darling? Uh, and my very last one of my unanswered question, how did they get off that beach? Because... The navies, the Russian and American navies, didn't seem too friendly to them. They didn't have a jet. They didn't have a teleporter. The teleporter left with Magneto. Maybe Charles used his mind freezing powers and Cuba, they just those are... they walked the Cubans. I think the to, I think Castro yeah. would have kept them. That's what I'm yeah. saying. That's a, yeah. Those are sovereign waters there. Maybe Castro's a mutant. <laughs> we'll have to see in X Men yeah. sophomore class. He, <laughs> just Castro playing baseball and planning his revolution. Uh, he uh, Charles Xavier uh, did a mind thingy on Castro uh, to put them in a refugee boat, <laughs> and then they came they came ashore in Miami. <laughs> yeah, like right? like Elian like Elian Gonzalez. Yeah. Well, yeah. and like you'd said earlier, this is the remaining white characters. Yeah, in the yep. X-Men. Like, oh, they're clearly not from Cuba. Or those mutants that uh, attack the Navy. <laughs> Maybe, uh, uh, what's his name? Banshee uh, flies them all. <laughs> he just holds on to them. No, actually, they were led by Teddy Roosevelt and the Rough Riders. <laughs> Washington fording the Delaware back from the dead. Um, well, wasn't that Cuba that Teddy went to? San Juan Hill? Oh shit! That's right. Yeah, maybe he's still alive in this movie. Maybe, (laughs) maybe Uh, he's a mutant. I assume that every historical figure is a mutant. I would say that Kennedy is a mutant in the next movie. Oh god, yeah, but not (laughs) vulnerable to bullets, but the mutant still. (laughs) Yes, his power was his dick. (laughs) Yeah, his chlamydia. (laughs) (laughs) He can give it to other people. Like a guy who has to get people pregnant. Uh, So, all right. I got a few anachronisms to go through. First off, and this just kind of bugged me, is 62, not 67. Um, All the long hair and big sideburns on dudes was like way out of. Yeah. uh, Themselves. They were still beatniks was still the common. In 1964, when the Beatles arrived in America, they talked about their long hair. And that was way shorter than the hair on these dudes. Yeah. Yeah. Hippies were not yet a thing. Yeah. Um, that just bugged me. Um, but uh, there is a bowl of M&Ms which had blue M&Ms in it. <laughs> really? Yep. Yeah. That's a huge fuck up, man. Yes. Um, there was a picture of Albert Einstein in uh, baby uh, Charles's bedroom. In 19- Baby Einstein. <laughs> Baby Einstein. <laughs> there was a picture of Albert Einstein in his bedroom. Um, that picture was not taken until uh, 1946. Um, that was in 1940. It was at 42, I think they said. 44. 44. Okay. Um, 
the uh, Charles mentions the MCR1 uh, gene that makes people uh, have auburn hair. It's actually the MC1R gene. It wasn't discovered till 1992. That one that I'm willing to cool. overlook. Maybe Charles has well, some sort of psychic <laughs> abilities to see the when gene. You're so gracious. When was the genome discovered? 92. No, I mean like, uh, no, I mean like the human genome. Oh, like genetics. When they mapped it. Yeah, when uh, the guys who were when inspired they by LSD finished mapping it. <laughs> that was just a well, few years was, ago. Yeah. Um, God. But began. Uh, anyways, yeah, I'll. I'll I'm, well, Watson yeah. Crick did the DNA. Uh, yeah. Spiraling. Uh, yeah. Um. Okay, so just we'll we'll go on while you look at that up. So, all right. Um, you can clearly see the World War II memorial um, near the Washington Monument that was constructed uh-huh. in 2003. Yeah. Um, La Vie en Rose um, is being played by Kevin Bacon in the concentration camp. That was recorded by Edith Piaf in 1946. Mm. Um, that's all the uh, anachronisms I have. Genome time frame, uh, Watson and Crick was 53. Mm. Um, so uh, the, the Nobel Prize um, was 68. Mm. So, okay. So, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, so Xavier knows more than he should know at yeah. that time period. Yeah, definitely. But he's psychic, so who cares? <laughs> uh, well, the uh, uh, SR-71 Blackbird. Blackbird's first flight was 64. Yes, and they so also only have ago. two seats. So Yeah, yeah that's yeah, true. And it's literally fuel and a compression chamber. Right. That's it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, all right. Um, any Any last thoughts, guys, before we move on? No, no. Yeah, I think we covered oh, this bad it's a boy. Good picture. It is. I'm excited. It was a lot of fun to watch them graduate, though. I have. I cannot. School. Honestly, I, <laughs> I, I don't think I've nitpicked a movie this hard and still enjoyed it this much. Um, so, all right, yeah. you ready to move on to the ranking? Oh yeah. All yeah. right. Let's check this bad boy out here. I, I believe personally, it would be a top twenty movie at least. Do you, are you guys in agreement there? 20 for sure, yeah. Um, yeah, so, all right. We've got two X-Men movies in the top 20. X-Men, the original at number 14. X2 at number 11. Um, how do we think this compares to either of those? I, I want to say this is better than Hellboy 2. And yeah. X-Men 2000. I think so. I think I'd agree. Um, I personally... Um. I personally think it's better than Iron Man 2, but I know others enjoyed that movie more than I did. <clears throat> yeah, I love these <laughs> I love these prequels or reboots, whatever we're going to call them, but I, in fact, my favorite X movie is the next one, Days of Future yeah. Past. So mm-hmm. um, I think this is better than the other two. Actually, all three. I think it's better than the first three X-Men. So you think it's better than X2 also? Yeah, I do. Um... What's interesting is we have our other Matthew Vaughn movie right there at number nine, Kick-Ass. Mm. That's interesting. Um, Want to put it in between that and Hellboy? In between Kick-Ass and Hellboy? Was Kick-Ass a better movie? Um, in many ways, yeah. Yeah, in some ways. Uh, in some ways. In some ways, yeah. yeah. This, 
I think this is a better X-Men movie because of its uh, anachronisms and lingering questions. It's yeah, casting. Yeah, I I think I mean, I think he had. It was a lot more fun than X Men or X Men Two. Like it was a more enjoyable watch for me personally. Um, Yeah, I think so too. uh, More fun than those two. Then all three, they were heavy handed. I mean, is it better than Kick Ass? That's really hard to say. Is it? Uh, is it better than Hellboy? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. What you thinking, Al? Uh, I'm on board so far. Okay. So, all right. So, Josh, you said you think Kick-Ass might be better than this? I think so. It doesn't have the benefit of a canon, so that's why we're sort of like, hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This is the best X movie for sure. But so far. I really like Kick-Ass stylistically it's a fun movie it really is Nicolas Cage it really is it was a very pure it was very pure what it was like it was one thing and it did it and it did it well yeah um Brian what do you think yeah yeah I I I could see this being below kick-ass okay Um, yeah Al are you in so want to put it at 10 put it at number 10 in between kick-ass and hellboy there it goes. All right. And we have ranked it. It's a top 10 movie. Sounds good. Yeah. And uh, that means it's time for next week. Next week, we will be watching Green Lantern. Ooh. Yes. I'm so excited. I don't think I've seen it. I have not. <laughs> you haven't? Oh, I've seen this one times. times. No. Oh, I, I hope it's fun. It is not. <laughs> okay. I do like Van Wilder, but that doesn't mean everything's good. Uh, yeah. Taika Waititi is in this movie, and Whoa. it is still not fun. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Yeah, um, right. I'm excited um, to see this this one. Um, so, all right, that is it for us this week. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us. Uh, this is your untrained, unauthorized freak through a smiley, saying I'll see you next time. <laughs> I'm Josh Cece, and I've come a long way from bending gates. I'm Brian Lesh, and I have one more question. Is Argentina in another dimension, Josh? <laughs> mm. Mm. It's a realm. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm Alaric Weber, and I believe that true focus lies somewhere between ambivalence and ennui. (laughs) (laughs) That post-coital. All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks, guys.